live from the Urban Fly Company studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Jason Thompson here. Across the table, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. To my left, big man on the board, Chris Sims. And sitting in with us tonight, we have Jim Franklin. Uh, also, tonight, we'll have Shane O'Toole sitting in with us to talk some food with Chris. And uh, here's a look into what you're going to be hearing on tonight's podcast. We're going to have a little bit of fly tying night talk. We had fly tying night a couple weekends ago, and uh, we didn't get to talk about that because we all took the Super Bowl off. Hope hopefully everybody enjoyed it. I did. Uh, me too. Uh, I, what happened happened. Uh, uh, sorry to our buddy Derek, who was with us last on the last podcast. It, you know, the Eagles are his actual team. He did have a horse in the race, so uh, sorry to him. You know, I didn't really want the Eagles Eagles to win, but whatever. I so. texted him afterwards, and I said, "Hey, buddy, hope your sandwiches were good." that's great (laughs) so we're going to go into uh some uh some boat etiquette uh we'll do a little bit of tying night uh we're going to do uh jim got his second muskie we'll take a break and then we'll come back jim got his second muskie i got a good video of that i'm going to go into that a little bit uh mark caught two muskie in a day and then uh pj and i took a sweet little walk through the woods together so uh we'll take another break we'll come back with uh, our smokers corner with uh shane and chris we're gonna do some local events and uh i think at last we're just gonna go off the rails a little bit i have a few things to talk about that uh happened to me that are funny um i, I think it'll be good talk so before we get to all that mark who sponsors the show we've got sam's fishing find them at simsfishing.com A-Rex hooks. You got freshwater, saltwater. Been doing a little bit with her saltwater hooks, too. The blue water's an awesome one. Give that a check out. Yeti, built for the wild. And Cortland Lines. Check out their uh, Sing 8, Sing 4. Spring's coming up. Intermediate Line's going to be a perfect one for that. And they really make a nice floater for muskie, which is a tough, you know, there's a couple out there. But to find a nice head to throw big poppers with, Cortland's got, check them out. Friends of the show. Friends of the show, Ryan Evans over at Queen City Guiding. Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management. We've got Tom Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods. And our buddies over at Muskie Fool. So, <coughs> we had a tying net. We're going to get to that first before we get to a uh, little bit of boat etiquette. I don't want Chris to get too out of hand. Um, <laughs> but we had, a f- we had a tying night. Uh, Chris couldn't make it. I'm glad your wife got to the hospital. Is doing better. If doing you want to go into that for, I mean, you don't you know, go any further. If you don't want to, it's up to you. Uh, you had a little bit of a scare, whatever, but uh, yeah, she found right a blood clot in her leg, and uh, just came out of the blue. It, a couple weeks ago, she had found a lump in her leg, went to the hospital, and they're like, "It's just a superficial thing. Don't worry about it. If it moves, uh, come on back." Well, it moved, so she. Uh, I got home from work. She's like, "I'm going to the hospital," but everything's good. She, it's clearing up. She's got another ultrasound next week for that, and uh, good to go. As far as we know. And that's the most important thing, you know. Absolutely. Health of tying night. Yeah, I hated missing tying night, but, uh, you know, watching the boys while my wife's at the hospital. Sure. <laughs> Probably the right move. With your third son on the way. So. Correct. Yeah, that very important stuff. Good one. I'm glad everybody's good and good, and good to go. Thumbs up. We'll, we'll get you back for the next one. Yeah. We, oh, got, yeah. we got one more here before season's up. We had a good time, yeah, though. We had good. probably, what, 10, 12 of us there? Yeah, there were quite Give a few people. Take. Yeah. 
Um, no, a few flies actually got tied. Yeah, Ron. Whoa. Ron was a new. Uh, uh, I, bu- I brought mm-hmm. my buddy Ron. He mm-hmm. was new to the yeah. fly tying night. Mm-hmm. It was Devin's dad. Uh, Devin couldn't make it. He had to, you know, hang out with. He didn't have the card because it was Valentine's Day, <laughs> Friday before Valentine's Day. Jim was there, I think. Drink. I'm, I'm always there. Man. I drank every beer that I had, so I don't. I don't remember <laughs> all of it. That's <laughs> why I said, "Did you? Did you drive home?" You're like, "No." I was like, "Okay, good," because the last two things that you have sent me are both things that we had conversations about. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just gonna make sure here. That <laughs> I don't take my voice. You know what I mean? Usually, I just take ten beers and drink every one of them. And uh, you know, but hey, I'm there to have a good time. And and. I'm, Shane's using my Shane, who's been with us tonight. We're talking a little later. He's using my DD, and he doesn't get absolutely hammered. He takes care of himself and very <laughs> respectable guy. So he he's I've learned my lesson nice about tying night, man. You, you got to pace yourself. No, okay. Yeah, me too. Uh, was it the last one last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I brought a bottle of Weller, and that turned out poorly. <laughs> you slept poorly. on Michael's couch. <laughs> Should have. <laughs> Yeah, usually by the time we get to tying night, I've tied so much, I'm like, I really don't want to. This one, I was, I Good. was ready. Good. Did, so, uh, did I see Diaz? Yeah. John came. Yeah, yeah, nice. John was up, yeah. He, he tied. He tied a nice couple mm-hmm. flies, yeah. That yeah, he did sweet. a couple musky flies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Michael tied, but that's about it. More just everybody doing the same, talking, yeah. yakking away. Drinking. It's good, it's, yeah, it's always a good time, I I wanted to be there. Yeah. Tell you what, that fish pond tying case, that thing is sweet. Yeah, you sent me that. I, yeah. I hadn't seen one. You sent me that. that Jim from badass. Ohio, he had, and I, I don't know why. He's br- I don't know how many times he's brought it, and I've never, like, noticed it. And, like, this time I was like, wait a second. Let me check that thing out. That's a really, really nice bag. So, yeah, a little shameless plug there. If you're looking for a sweet tying bag, the fish pond one, that thing is awesome. So, Jim. I don't know if I'm gonna cut to the like. So you're get you just got a a vice. You've been to tying night a bunch. You know what I mean. Kind of, you know, hang out there <laughs> for the last even couple years. He has a vice you know? that's partially in his possession. Yeah, I, I've I've gotten as far <laughs> as I made it here today, and we made the swap. It is yet to to actually make it to my home. Yeah, so. it's it, if something happens to mine before the new one shows up, I'm driving to your house and grabbing this one. Hey, I told you, just. Pick up the phone and call, man. I'm hey. excited to see your new setup. Yeah. So you know, do you have what? What are the big dreams? Well, I mean, what you know, oh, taking man. on taking on fly time. You, you know, know that's it's a it's a something to take on. It's it's you're not you're never going to save money doing it, but it's oh absolutely not. I'm I, sure it's like anything else. I mean, you're going to go full bore. You're going to go full bore. I tell you the satisfaction though, even from tying starting as a young kid. You know, I mean, as soon as we started fly fishing. We started tying flies, you know, just little stuff that just for steelhead, you know, stupid little steelhead flies, woolly buggers, just simple stuff that you could use up there. And But the, the satisfaction of even catching any fish on your own fly in comparison to a fly that you bought is just, it, it, it really, to me, it just, it's the next level. You know what I mean? It's one of them things you're like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I could take this off the shelf and I could, and I could go make it work, but can I make it from just a simp, just a hook sitting there in a vise? And I, I think there's something to it. It's uh, it's definitely a special feeling. So my goal totally in, in all is like, uh, you know, steelhead season's coming to an end. So, I mean, that's a very short window for that. 
But, I mean, going into springtime, I mean, we're going to have a lot of pike stuff. We're going to have a lot of smallmouth stuff going on. So I'm just going to kind of – I'm going to progress as the seasons go. So, like, you know, what we're using at that time, I'm going to try to, you know, tie one thing and try to, you know, master one thing at a time and then just keep building off of that. So, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe start with, you know, clousers and smaller stuff, you know, going into the spring to maybe, you know – Come October, maybe I'm ready to tie a musky fly that I could, you know, throw out there and strip back and get a fish to follow on. So it, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. My girlfriend's going to hate running the vacuum all the time, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think you're right, starting with, like, clousers and deceivers. I think that's yeah, so a Take your time. Learn yep. the fundamentals. Don't jump into anything. Learn it as you go because that will build all that fundamentals for you going up, and that will be important. Yeah, take and have time. zero expectations for your first two three dozen oh times. i already yeah i already expect i can't <laughs> wait to see my first few masterpieces i'm sure they're gonna be lovely and just when you you know what i always did was when you're gonna tie a fly like if you're gonna sit down and tie a clouser literally just tie five or six in a row you know that's really when you'll really start to figure it out because you're not walking away and then going back and trying to figure it out again and you know tie six tie six in a row and i know you can't tie six you know not all of us have time to tie six we're not all marked yeah. we don't get all you know get time to tie a million musky flies so you can't tie six in a row but you know if you could tie a couple or a couple of anything no you'll want that time to do that <laughs> no i'm just saying you know what i mean it, you know just be careful there. once you can you know if you could tie a few of something in a row even if it be just woolly buggers or you know steelhead flies and get a consistency to what you're doing a, and consistency yeah, buggers you know, yeah. wool all day long. Start them around. Because that fly for trout, the steelhead, the smallmouth, everything. Put a bead head on it. Yeah. Every one put of a them. Cone the, head a on cone, it. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't cone. ever don't ever not put some lead weight in one of them. Yeah. Or or <laughs> yeah, or even if you leave that out, wrap the hook. Wrap the whole shank with lead. But yeah, always put well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. Go say there might yeah. be a time and a place for no there, there is, but there really is. Slap a cone on what it. we do. Yeah. No. Yeah, cone. No, because if you're going to do that, lift the rod stick up in the air. You're already going to trout set them. Hold it up high if you need to get it up high. If you eat, boop, set up over your head. Let the rod hold the line up. I don't I don't tie yeah. one without a yeah. bead on it. Put weight. Yeah. 100%. I'll be, I'll be honest, though, guys. You know, the more and more that I'm fishing with a fly rod, I'm kind of, I'm really getting bored with steelhead fishing. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a fun time. But this <laughs> so is when you something. went up to Ashtabula on Saturday or yesterday. I went up today, too. Oh, this morning. Yeah. It's all fly rotting? Uh, you know, it, it depends. I mean, there's certain spots where, I mean, it, it makes it really tough, but I'm trying to, you know, like just dead stick so over you're the still, holes so you're small still, stuff. So you're still taking your pin with you? No, absolutely oh. not. Oh, good, good. No. It's good to hear. Hasn't, you know, I will say this, okay? On one of my New York trips last year, one of my first New York trips, okay, I brought it with me, and it never left the bank. Never left the bank. I used my A-weight the entire day, and then I went, you know, back up, to a couple different trips up there, you know, four or five times after that. And after that, I never brought anything else with me. So that's solid I progress. Mean, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to be, you know, a modeled citizen in the, in the fly fishing world. I think of the, uh, what is it, the seven steps, you're on step four. <laughs> <laughs> I've already admitted I have a problem. <laughs> so. I'm staying clean, Philip. I saw that post that you yeah. put on. Uh, Instagram. I swear, guys, I'm clean. I swear, guys. Uh, I feel like any kind of center pin meme amongst our friends group, I get it immediately. The minute always will. 
Yeah. Once a petter, always a petter. Speaking of which, <laughs> I got a little bit of shit from people about the old Euronymphing comments. Oh, and, so and, did I. And half of that segment true? was cut out. Yes, so, yeah, I know. I, I, I definitely caught some oh, hell myself man. from that segment. But and you know what I said to them? I said that we can have, and it can't be a screaming over top of somebody because I don't want to do that. But, you know, I, I said we can do a little rebuttal segment if anybody has, you know, 15 minutes they want to s- send back a rebuttal. You know, we can have them talk for their five minutes and give their rebuttal. We can have a five-minute rebuttal or whatever it be. And then they go back and forth at the end of a little 15 minutes and... If it, we can all agree to disagree and all, all have fun in what we like oh, to do, oh, so no, I, I'm definitely down for that. Yeah, I, I know. As I'd long as it's, to, oh, I'd as love long, to hear their rebuttal. As too. long as it's a you know gentleman's discussion and it doesn't get into you know anything outrageous, you know. Yeah, I'm into it. I, and, uh, I think it's a good idea. <coughs> I, I think your responder would be a good. Uh, yeah, would be a good one. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think so too. Good buddy. At least, at least you know if he did say, you know. F friend us. of the show. Yeah, yeah. As long as he, <laughs> if he did say F us, you know, it'd be, you know, all in all in love and fun. Um, so I'm going to get into a little bit of uh, uh, fly design, you know, just stuff that we do. And I don't even know if it's so much fly design, but color over size a little, maybe just different things that we put into our flies, what we prefer, what we like, um, and a little bit about what makes a fly a fly. You know, what honestly makes a fly a fly? When's a fly not a fly? You know, is it? It can't be the weight put in it. Is it? Is it putting a blade on it? Is it then not a fly? Is it? What you know? What? <laughs> where's that? Where's the? Where's the line get drawn? And I just, I just wonder where you guys. You know, we're gonna go around the table real quick here and talk about that. I think a little bit. Um, That's a good question. So I mean, for me, like, uh, <coughs> if I'm gonna fish, I fish, uh, and I'll just start just for you know, so everybody kind of gets where I'm going. Um, I don't care yeah, what Jay's leading us right down a rabbit hole. Well, here. no, I don't care yeah. what I don't care what color like the fly is. And the so rabbit much. hole's turning into a big coyote then. <laughs> so <laughs> this could be our off the rails. <laughs> so, hold on. So, so you know, for me, as far as like a color oversized th- or color size thing, I, I think I would fish the size of the bait in the water and try to mimic the size before I mimic the color. You know, always trying to match, even talking about match the hatch, even with, you know, bait fish. Trying to match the size of the bait fish before any of the color or trying to make it look exactly how any of that bait fish really looks as far as even just, as long as it's the same size, you're probably going to get that fish to move on what it's eating. I agree 100%, especially especially with my saltwater roots. I think first and foremost, too, is movement. Regardless of whatever it is, is the fly that's going to have the best movement to mimic whatever they're eating. So if that's covered, then yeah, but it's got to move. If it's a 4-inch fly or a 12-inch fly, whatever's going to move the best fish is going to eat. If it's not moving well or it's coming in like a stick, the fish isn't going to eat it. Yeah. It's definitely movement one. I like that answer. Yeah, there you go. On the flats for stripers, if if the sand deals out there are 4-inch sand deals and you're throwing a 6-inch sand deal, you're not going to get bit. Yeah, 100%. On the flats. Now, out in the the big water, sure, probably. But out on those flats, those picky fish – if it's not exactly what they're seeing, forget about it. So it's size. I mean, and they can be green, they can be brown, they can be olive, whatever. As long as it's the right size and thickness, that makes a big deal. Because so many guys will tie their clousers thick up there, Gotta and you want sparse. and you want them like pencil lead thin for those flats fish. A lot of people don't realize too. Salt water, you got a little more buoyancy to it. 
So right. the more density you put in the fly, the more it's going to tend to want to stay up a bit too. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. But I mean, even like musky, you take musky for instance, six, seven, five, six, seven, eight months of the year, it might not even really matter if it's a six inch fly or a 12 inch fly. The fish is going to eat, it's going to eat it. But a couple months of the year, it might have to be a four or a five inch fly. In a month or so of the year, it might have to be a 12 or an 18 inch fly or a couple week way. It's just, it always, there's a lot of variables in play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you can really yeah. underestimate the power of what a five, six inch fly will do for every single fish in freshwater. I mean, if we're talking about our range of scope, a, a six inch fly is going to catch you largemouth, smallmouth, pike, pickerel, musky, stripers. And you can fish that thing year, year round. And I'm probably missing walleye. Walleye. I mean, that's that fly will catch that year round. I mean, there's going to be times where it's going to be hard. If it's low, clear water, sure, you might not have it. But if fish is eating a swim bait, you can fish that year round. Muskie's going to eat a six inch bait year round. Mm-hmm. There's guys that fish six inch glide baits and don't ever stop. A lot of the smaller blades people are throwing, them things aren't coming in much more than five, six inches. I mean, these guys are throwing these 22 shorts. They're three and a half, four inch baits they're pulling on, you know, trolling. A lot of times it doesn't take big baits. Yeah, it's good movement. Yeah, I like a pro, good like a good movement. profile too. You know, look at, like a profile is the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like especially for, you know, the hybrids. Look at like, PJ like winning the beast on a mini. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, well, Bastard. timing. Well, timing. That's yeah. a timing thing. You know, that's a we he saw. Got back, we, I was like, well, at least you got it on my fly. Thanks. We saw <laughs> that. We saw that small fish follow in a bigger fly earlier in the day in that same spot, and we were like, well, we're might as well we're right there again. Might as well. Peach is like, oh, I'm going to throw on like a small fly like the last hour just in case. You know, we did see that small fish, and there it came again and actually ate. Um, oh, like I said, even with, like, with, the, with the hybrids, I like a, a different times of year, different profile, you know, depending on what they're eating. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times earlier in the spring, things are a lot smaller. The bait fish are a lot smaller. I'll throw a, you can get away with a smaller clouser. You're throwing clousers. Water's a little bit higher, you know, certain times of year. I like to throw... In the fall, I like to throw musky flies at them if I can, you know what I mean? And that really gets them to move sometimes, like a, a even a mini or even something seven inches, six, seven inches that has a nice profile to it because now you're seeing a lot of those big-ass shad. I'm not sure which ones are those. The uh, Gizzard. Gizzard shad, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're eating them <laughs> just like <laughs> right down the hatch. So, I mean, you know, kind of following the size of the bait, I feel like is always – important thing that i like to try to do as well yeah agree. 100%. And, and i'm going to piggyback off mark on movement uh about smallmouth i mean you look at uh, the tight lines crew tim and his guys you know they really cracked the code when they started using that murdich minnow because of the way it moves you know it's you know you we all know they were throwing the flies the same size mm-hmm. but the way that tail moves the way that pause and how it flows that made a big difference and the same with uh schultz's swing and d the ability you know, to the pause, that pause is oh that pause. If you can get a broadside pause, it is just oh. And if it's on a speed to an erratic to a whack, it's gonna get eight. Yeah, I mean it's if you can if you can have that trigger in a fly, that's that's clutch. Having that thing pause broadside and just hang there. Yeah, you give a pop 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 stop, <laughs> and then it, there it goes and just hangs and gets. <laughs> Sucked in. All times of the year. I mean, look at the winter. I mean, if you can have a fly that just hangs there for seconds in the winter, oh, it's deadly. Yeah, it just deadly along. Especially for pike. And yep. just lay, lay there and just let them feathers just tickle along. Money. 
Well, I know uh, for the so next couple, I know what Mark's going to say. Natural. But, uh, you know, do you do you find yourself, even in um, out in the ocean, do you find yourself liking synthetic flies, or is it usually a natural material out there as well? Uh, I know you're just getting into the game, so, it, you know, what well, do you, you know, I, I know you probably don't have quite the uh, – you haven't got the fish that many flies, so you wouldn't have, you know, that many differences to show. But to tell you the truth, before I met Mark, I tied and fished with 90% synthetic materials. Truthfully, most of my saltwater flies were uh, kinky fiber, which is which was great, uh, and synthetic materials. And every now and then, I'd throw some, you know, peacock curl or. Or a couple feathers, but generally I was tying with synthetic. But now that uh, I, I see the power of the bucktail, I've, uh, I'm a convert. So tie with what yeah, you I, like, but I like them both. I'd like to try more synthetics, and I have been trying more, but it's just it's a tough one to replace. I mean, there's a time and a place. There's some synthetics, and and, and like if you're doing changers, you can get away with changers and synthetics. It's perfect. You don't you know. It's going to be a little heavier. I still think they hold more weight. Well, people go oh, shake them out. Wait, no, they still they're still heavier. You can do them with bucktail and wrap them with like a chenille underneath. They're virtually weightless. Now there's going to be a little different profile in the water. They're not going to push as much water. It's a lot harder to tie a fox changer or a bucktail changer than it is to trim a synthetic material that I feel like is already made, you know, for you. Yeah, and you could change. It depends. Size. I mean, though, to too. Me, to me personally, yeah. like, and I, I can do both, but I feel like it's a lot harder to tie a feather changer. I got to do a lot more, man. Looking a feather through, changer, looking yes. Looking through feathers, looking through sizes but, of feathers, and even fox. So let's take this changer yeah. here. Now okay. this, okay, maybe that's not a good one, but let's say that you have one where you have an underbody, like a prop, and then you can wrap another sure, one over. Sure. They make them going up, so none of them are pretty mm -hmm. easy. You can start at the bottom and yeah. just go. But yeah, like a feather changer where you're actually having to grade and start at different spots. Yeah, I agree with you. But some of them you can do where like a, when, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They filler, use a filler, yeah, the filler, and then filler yeah. and then use yeah. a wrap for a prop over. Sure. Well, yeah. then once you go to the next size and work your way up, that's what things this, are pretty doggone. That's what this one is here. They're is pretty fox slick. And, fox and filler flash. I've been using the, uh, the foxy brush. I've been digging that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Using yeah, them on like the big river pigs, and then up on uh, like heads behind the poppers. Is that what that is on that popper? No, that's actually fox fox there. Okay. Just with them big popper heads, I like to get a little bit of something that'll hold water right up against the head to help bring yeah. it just a, just a little bit on them bigger heads. But yeah, that one's, I don't have blue in the fox brush. Oh yeah, you just got a what, red and black? Yeah, and then a yellow, white. and then I got a black and an orange one that came. I nice. ordered some more. Nice. Yeah, black with an orange core. That's going to look sick on that's, a that's black and good. orange popper. Yeah. You need to get some pink. You and pain. <laughs> it was so funny, too, because I, like I told you, we were at the show. By the end of the show last year, we started making fun of it. So, like, people would come by and we'd be like, what do you got against pink? And, like, no one would buy pink. <laughs> we were all, and they were like, ah, no, I don't really ever catch fish on pink. And I just keep making them. I still haven't got fish on pink either. I don't know it's why. It's bound to happen. I see it coming through the water, and I'm like, damn, that looks good. And yeah, if, and that's, uh, you know. And it, if you got a good contrast color like those, those poppers right there, yeah. they're going to make a bunch of noise coming through, and you've got that blue and pink. That's a good contrast. And if you fished it like you should, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. sure you catch fish on it. If you fish it like I do, and you get, like, forecast in, and halfway through, you rip it out of the water, and you're like, All right, I'm done. And you put something <laughs> I'm not fishing top Put, put, put black on or something else. <laughs>
Well, I never catch any fish on blue either. And it might be just because I don't fish blue. I do get fish on blue, especially mixed with black. I black think that and would blue hold you is back, a Jay. fantastic mm. color. James black and blue, had, purple and yeah. blue, dar- or purple and black, dark green and black. Love that. Just black and blue has worked great, great for you the last couple times we've been yep. out. And I think too, it has a lot to do with like I like that like where like we talk about movement as that fly moves that little bit in there. I think that kind of like shows like body movement or something where it actually because it, it, it just it separations in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good colors. Where do we get off this tangent on? What do we start no, on? No, you're good. No, we're still going. We're gonna go on this tangent for probably another eh, ten minutes. So and then how? We're gonna take a break. Where yeah. do we? What makes it a fly? Oh yeah, I mean we could go into that for a second. Yeah, and then I got a little bit of a. a and out, and we'll on to the next thing. But, uh, yeah, what makes a fly fly to you guys? If you can cast it on a fly rod, realistically. Uh, with it, with To you? That's what makes a fly fly. So with I with limitations. I'm, okay, I, I'm, no, I'm no, musky fishing. No, let me ask you then. What boundary are we pushing what is now a fly rod? I'm going to say traditional fly rod. Single hand. Single hand fly rod with uh, a regular line. You know, or space style or something of that nature, surf, something capable of doing with a singler and overhand on a normal rod, not a broomstick. Right. Agree. I'm just saying, I got a, I, I, I tied a seven-inch fly. We'll get to it in just a second. If I, chuck, if I put a big old propeller in front of this thing. Can you cast it on a fly rod? I'm sure I can. Well? <laughs> as well as I could cast a 12-inch game changer on the same fly rod, I'm sure. It's an advanced woodchopper fly. I'm just saying, like, to me, I don't know what I, I, I like. And, you know, it's sticking this synthetic material, the natural material. I'm a natural material type of guy. Like, if I didn't, you know, have to take a leg rub before I tied with bucktail and fox and these other things all the time, I, I would I would tie more often with them. And I, I, I prefer to tie with bucktail myself, you know what I mean? But for me, it's I, I, I keep it to where, like, as long as you're not throwing – Trinkets. I mean, even the Paccarini tails. I'll take that. Trinkets. That's that's a you know that's a that's okay. That's not that's a still a fly. Well, and I think you know, with anything there needs there's no definition. There's no clear line, and there kind of has to be. And like my opinion, I'm probably gonna surprise you with it, but a fly is a fly regardless of what it is thrown on. The application of how you use it doesn't change the fact if it's if it's a fly. If you tie something on a um, what do they call them things for the, um, like, musky baits? Bucktails? Like a yeah, bucktail? bucktail. Yeah. But no, they have, like, them cores that they tie. I forget what, I forget what it's called. But if you're using a vice, you're tying on that. No, it's not a fly. That's different. You're not tying it straight onto a hook. If you're tying it straight onto a hook and adding to it. Yeah, they're tying it on, like, a rubber tube is what you're saying, and then they're flipping it over a uh, Yeah, but there's a name of it. Yeah, as I'm soon as sure. this show aired, and we get, like, 9 million messages of sure. people sending me what the name of them things are. Look, Google it real quick. What do they, what do they, what do they tie bucktail on? It's an actual vice, and it slides over, and you tie it on a coil. Coil. It's a coil. coil. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's a little, Now, if you're tying directly onto a hook, you are tying a fly, a hook, a shank, or something of that nature. And then, I mean, that's obviously going to vary, but... Or from a there, tube. Or a tube. Or a tube. So if you're tying it in there, I mean, the application of how that gets used from there, it's... It, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's. I know. It's a weird fine line, and I don't, I don't know where... To, I, I'm just we're just throwing out our opinions. These are yep. just opinions. <clears throat> and I'm I for one don't give a fuck. I really how don't you choose to fish. No, me neither. If you want to no. no, if you want a chunk bait, have at it. Well sure. I my my stipulation for really any 
number one, no bait, right? Like a a fly can't have bait on it. Sure. <laughs> yes. I unless was it's mag, going it's to for agree steelhead. there until you kind of went a little bit different, but I think regardless of what it is, it's in my opinion is kind of. How do I say this without offending or being ignorant? <laughs> Have some respect. If you're going to go out there and be an idiot and just chuck stuff around and be an idiot, then, you know, if you're going to go out there and chuck gear and you're going to have respect and you're going to work hard and you're going to go out there and put effort in to catch a fish, I don't care what you fish with, but put effort in. Care to do it enough that you care about what is around you. The people that just want to go out there and sit there and leave everything around and chuck a piece of bail, no, I really don't. You know, you know. I guess the line is the word. You have to have some effort. Put effort into it. So if you're going to take a fly and you're going to put on a gear rod because it's going to be more effective and you're putting thought and you're putting effort into it and you're working towards something, go for it. You know, but just put the, put some effort in. I don't know how you draw a line on that, though. No, I mean, like, you, well, you, you I mean, with your, well, with you, like, like you're going to be selling flies to guys that are, you know, you know, pen, pen, how much, I'm not sure how much weight and however much they could put on there and still chuck I'm going to have a fly that's going to have a swivel, or a, yeah, not a swivel, I mean. but a snapping attached to it with blades on the front. Yeah. It's essentially just a spinner bait, but it's a fly attached to the front of it, so they can throw it on a gear rod. It's a Mark's fly. It's, it's almost like a Joe's fly, but the, it's Mark's fly. The back's so, fly, the, the front's Mark gear, one. I don't know, whatever it is, Mark I don't one. know. <laughs> if they catch a yeah. fish on it, it's cool. I'm good. And I, I think catch fish on it. I, I think a lot of it comes down to not what you were saying, the effort. Make, make sure you put an effort into it. I think you can see that with how someone treats fishing and, sure, and, sure, and, sure. and the fish and the fishery. Yeah. Be an angler, not a fisherman. Right. Yeah. So if you're out there and you, you're picking up your trash, oh, you're, yeah. you're respecting, you know, whether it's your harvest or your catch and release, whatever. Uh, I don't care how you fish. Yeah, use it. Yeah, use it in your manner. That's to always our main message. It to improve your fishing. If you brought it just, with you, you know, I was just trying you. to, you know, you know, ask the question of like, where's a fly? Not a fly anymore. And I just, you know, it was. It was it's, yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun road. It's a fun gray area. Yeah, it is a weird little gray area. You know, fun road to little walk down and talk about though. At least, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's a guy in Jersey. That tie, and I'm looking them up on Instagram right now. That ties, fl- that sells flies. Or the old foam ones. They're yeah. all foam, like 3D huh. foam. And he he sands them down, and they look amazing. And I bet they fish like crazy. And I can't I can't think like of a Rapala. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, like, be... and in that, it really is gear. That is gear being thrown on a fly where. Taking a bucktail and turning into a fly is fly being thrown on gear. That is gear there. You are not tying anything to a hook. You are gluing material to a hook. Well, I mean, but you still, poppers, f- poppers are the same thing. No, they're like not. A, yes, they are. Like no. a balsa popper and all these different poppers are all just... But, all just f- but you're tying feathers on the back, splaying them, yeah, palmering stuff you're I doing. Mean, now, if you're yeah, taking that, I mean, like a crease fly, and you're gluing it to it, now, if you're putting something out the back, you're tying something, you're at least tying something on. But if you're sure. gluing straight to a hook, that's that's gear. Yeah, that's what, that's where the. I mean, I understand like where you get you with know. molds and these different things. Yeah, and that's gear because you're not you're not fastening or tying anything to it. You're fastening to it. You're not tying anything to a hook. You're yeah. not oh, tying. Yeah. It's you're gluing to well, a hook. Well, even you know the one book that's that, gear. The making. book that I have, 
You know, I th- I think some of this stuff that, yes. in that book can get 100%. into a little bit of like it's like is this gummy hey, minnows and is stuff this, like that? Is this craft time? With, you know, with, or is this? Are we tying flies here? And, and I can I and I that's what I mean. I don't know. And I guess there's a lot to be said yeah. for that too. Is that more of a craft project or is it fly time? <laughs> yeah. In either way, I mean it's it is it works and they catch fish. If and you that's could cool. chuck it on a fly rod, but I guess it's a fly. If it's not machined or molded, it's a fly. And and in my opinion, this guy, uh, his name's Carl Harris. I like it. Uh, to me, these are these are flies. Uh, his Instagram is CGH Custom Tackle. They're what? sure as hell works of art, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, like they're they're foam and some fur, and they look freaking amazing. And yeah, his his goal was to mimic uh, bait casting plugs. It's still gear that can be cast on a fly rod. Yeah, I mean that's a fly right there. That one was a straight swim bait with some feathers on it. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's but. It, the, and <clears throat> it's not these not that that's very good or cool. Oh yeah, they're yeah. beautiful. And he tests them all on a fly rod. And he goes he goes down to his pond and he tests them and says, "Can I cast this on a fly rod?" And well, he can't get talking. Boy, I really hope that made it on air. You could have kept talking. No, you had to pause. I mean. no. Whenever your whole body gets <laughs> stiff and you turn, what do you expect him to do? It's just like just roll right through that and not pause. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to make sure you weren't having a stroke. Or I mean, you, you completely <laughs> changed <laughs> poses. Your body language was an admission of guilt. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> So, all right. Well, I mean, that's like try doing deer hair poppers, like actual deer hair, like in the whole way, and like a two op popper, and do them over and over and over and over and over and over, and then try to tie a fly. It's not easy to go back. Right. It's such like a different way of doing it. And there's yeah, like a lot does. of I don't know. There's a lot of different ways in it, but I think you got at least you got tied on there. So right. being and, a tying night the other night, uh, unless you keep going, you can go. Oh no, Sorry. I'm also saying this is somebody. This is something that we don't have to agree on. No, and you mm. and your fishing buddies out there don't have to agree on either. Yeah. To me, it's uh, it's results. Yeah, I don't think anymore makes a difference. Just yeah, put Just, some effort in, yeah. try. Put some effort in, have fun. That's what it's all about. As long as you're not stuffing lead weights down the fish afterwards, hey, go no, at exactly. it. Or you're nymphing. Yeah. Or you're nymphing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> live scope. Yeah. Yeah, live scope. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Do away with that. Those would be uh, grievances for another day. Yeah. yeah we never uh, did get to his boat rig. Uh, no, no. We, we're going to get to that in just a second. I guess we'll go a little long on our first uh, segment. It's all right. We're, we don't know. Uh, we don't have a guest tonight. We're just no, talking to right. ourselves. So I love it. You you inspired me the other night, Mark. Yeah. At tying night. Nah, just just it the bucktail good. look, the bucktail uh, tying. I missed. I really miss. And then a leg or two isn't too much to spend. On uh, <laughs> I did. I missed tying with bucktail. I I really do. I only have two bucktails over there that are even worth any shit. And uh, but hey, at Jay, least there are two of them. For our listeners who don't know, explain the Allegra. Allegra. Yeah. Why you have to take Allegra before you tie? Oh, flies. they all know I'm allergic to bucktail. Okay. Oh, yeah. If they listen to the 200 podcast before this one, <laughs> they'll have learned that I'm a, I'm a man. You should have seen him. Very one allergic. Day he showed up at Chad's garage. We had like a hundred and some going. 
And we had that garage like hot box. The door was like barely open. We had like three heaters going. We I'm had like, the, <laughs> we had the dryer going. And Jay was like opening the door up for like a minute, and then he'd have to turn around and walk right back in. They'd, like stand inside for a while, and then come back. We're up. like we were like boiling. Uh, we were even doing colors that day. Yeah, we had everything yeah. going. Uh, dying stuff. Not and then I learned not for me. And I knew this from a lo- when I was a young child. Like <laughs> the, my uncle brought a deer over to my grandfather's house when I was like seven. And I might have told this story on the podcast before, but long story short, Uncle brings deer over. Hey, Jay, jump in the back truck, get a picture of the deer. I jump in the back truck, pick this deer, a little, little, little tiny deer up. They take picture. Fifteen minutes later, it looks like I got into a fight with Mike Tyson. And then, you know, I, f- I went to the hospital, you know, did the whole steroids, <laughs> shot in the ass. And we learned that Jay doesn't get to mess with deer. So he gets to shoot them. They lay down. Dad does the work. Uh, but no, I did. I, I if I type, I'll, sh- I'll hit an Allegra real quick, you know, so I don't, you know, have to sneezes and eye wateries and all that bad stuff. And I make sure I wash my hands and don't touch my face when I tie with bucktail. But I did. I missed it. I really, I, I enjoy the. Oh, nothing like some deer ass, some chicken ass, and some flash man. Are you gonna swell up while you're holding that thing? No, I shouldn't. No, as long as I'm not like rubbing in the, uh, you know. Uh, you don't do what you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty exactly much rub it in my eyeball. Next thing you know, I'll be leaving this podcast for the hospital. Uh, but I really did. I missed it, and I just you know using the same platform that Mark ties on. Very similar, you know. Uh, feathers. You know, whatever the whole deal, and it, it, but it's so much fun. It really is. I miss it. It oh, just just to get to manipulate the bucktail. There's something to it, you know. Getting to tie like a little hollow style here and there, reverse style, and getting to mess around. And it was a good time. I, I tied three three ver- reverse style deer hair flies, two Buford heads, singles, one with the Paccarini tail. Kind of mark one of Mark's favorite colors, a yellow, black, and white mm-hmm. with a gold Paccarini tail. I'm going to take that one down to, uh, you know, the spot down there. We're going to go get one for, for Jay one of these days in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Um, but I had to I had to add in a nice little synthetic game changer out of some uh, chocolates uh, finesse. And uh, always, always chartreuse. You know me. If it is not chartreuse, it is of no use to this guy. So, uh it did uh, no, but watching you tie, and I, I, and I should, I should bring my stuff up there, and I, I should use the, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a decent tire. These flies look pretty good, mm-hmm. and I'm not drill. trying to talk myself up or anything, but I should go up when I'm tying. I should go up on tying nights and actually show, you know, if he wants to learn a little more, help out, you know, and maybe, you know, just show a little more, you know what I mean, and just help out a little more. Mark's the only one tying there, and I, I'll bring my stuff next time, and I'll, I'll be tying it up. So nice. I can make it all tie as well ish. I got called out by uh, Tim, yes, the other day. He hits me up on Instagram. He's like, "Hey, I want to see those uh, musky flies you you put on tubes." And I was like, "Well, Tim, I have not done that." <laughs> <laughs> and I changed the subject real quick. I'm like, "Hey, catching any cool snakes?" And then he just bombarded me with snake pictures. So <laughs> I got out of that one. I really did. But so it's been a crazy couple of weeks with my, my brother-in-law was in town last week and Super Bowl and two kids bringing life. Oh, sure. And I got to fish, though. So Oh, sweet. Half day. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll throw that into our fishing segment here when we have to come back from our break. But we're going to get into uh, a little boat etiquette. And I, uh, is this an airing of grievance or not? Uh, it is an airing of grievance. Okay. Well, I got a lot of problems with you people. 
<laughs> and now I'm going to tell you about them. I, Chris? I want to start not just boat etiquette, but boat ramp etiquette. Because when I went out Wednesday afternoon. Get in I, there. Get in there and talk. I, I got to a small marina, and there's a dude in the middle of the ramp. The, like, it's a two-lane ramp, right? Middle of the ramp working on his motor. So I go down, and I'm like, hey, dude, uh, what's going on? He's like, you okay? Uh, is somebody stuck? And he's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just tweaking it. It's like, would it be uh, an inconvenience if you tweaked it maybe 50 feet further up? He's like, oh, no, I'll be done in like 15, 20 minutes. And I said, um, I don't, I don't want to flip out here because I'm not a flip out kind of guy. But it'd be really cool if you just pulled up. I don't need a lot of space. Just pull up. He's like, well, I got to back it back down in the water and test it here in a little bit. You can do that when I'm fucking gone. Please move. And I think he got it. <laughs> so he moved up. But it's, I just wanted to send out a reminder that if you're on the ramp, do everything you can to prior to being on the ramp, be ready to go. Have your rope hooked up, be unlatched, have your plugs in, and, and have everything ready to go. If you don't know how to back down a boat, okay. That's all right. Everybody's got to do it their first time. Nobody there is going to judge you for not being good at backing down your trailer. Sure they are. <laughs> yeah, they yeah are. right. Everyone. They're going to like, fucking have you on their telephone and put this shit on that fucking like YouTube. It was like one of the biggest fears like my entire whole year of owning well, a boat. You know, you like, guys, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to look like a jackass. You guys, are, you guys are fucking me here. That's one of my favorite things to watch is people fuck up <laughs> coming oh, down the... Well, I will purposely speaking of that, go Speaking like, of that, uh, <laughs> Shane did send me a text while we were sitting here, and he said, you know, the qualified captain, if you're going to have a oh, follow... Oh, honest to God. Great yeah, one. Yeah, I great love that follow, guy. Qualified you know, captain. Yes. If, if you're going to look at the stuff that we're talking about, you know. Oh, yeah. And I was saying that so that people uh, would do that for me. Because if I'm waiting in line, I at least want to be entertained, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, get in, get out. Get on your way. Sure. Be ready. Uh, and then a little bit of on-the-water etiquette. And this is less for the boaters, more for the kayakers. So when you're when you're talking to the, the, so the put-in that you're at, because this isn't a giant put-in that has a dock that has seven oh, spots no, in it. There's no dock. There's I mean, y you can beach your boat uh, beside the ramp if you've got a dick around. But really, there's so much water out in front of the ramp. Motor out, get out of the way. That's what I do. It's every all time. soft water. You're not going to be swept down exactly. anywhere. Yep. So so back out into the soft water, get your crap ready, get your trailer out of there. Uh, you know, usually I like to fish with somebody who can back my trailer down. So as we come in, I dump them off. I come back out in the water, wait for them to come in, back sure. the trailer down, shoot up on, and then we shoot off. Just as just as quick as we can, because. My very first time launching a boat, I was the guy that you didn't want to be behind line in. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where to go. And luckily, everybody there was cool. But it was like 15 minutes of me just red-faced the entire time. And I realized quickly, this is not how you're supposed to do it. Not gonna lie. I got my boat, <laughs> and I went to a massive parking lot. Yep. And I just sat there for hours until like I got it down and was like, all right. I spent two hours go. in a parking lot before I even 
decided to yeah, go. I was out like, I don't want to be that guy. Proper preparation prevents yeah. piss yep. poor performance. And and I could <laughs> I could back it up in a straight line, but this one had like a almost like a ninety. You had to mm. you had to back you had to back the boat in almost at a a ninety. It was a Connie Lake, and that that north end launch is not a nice launch. A lot of parking, but it's you got to come in at a ninety. Anyway, I sucked and I sucked bad. So practice, get your shit ready. Uh, Shane and I, we were, uh, he lived in El Paso, Texas, and we went, I moved him back to, uh, this, this area, and, uh, we went down there, and we filled the U-Haul up, and had a trailer with his car on it, a Mustang, and went all the way from El Paso, Texas, to Columbus, Ohio, basically without packing it up the whole time, because neither of us could back up a trailer very well. <laughs> and thank God we made it all the way and didn't have to. We pulled in between two big trucks. We slept for four hours, and we just kept going. And, uh, you know, it was one of those experiences that would have been really nice if I had done some practicing of any of kind of that before that experience. But, like, even with my little boats, you Baptism know, by fire. that little tiny trailer I have that I have my uh, um, raft on, Oh my gosh, it's a bear to back up. Yeah, That's smaller, you smaller trails are trailers are way worse than big trailers. Even that the, my green boat, and it's a small boat, but it has a long tongue and a trailer that's way bigger than it should be even for that little boat. And it's so easy to back up. Yeah. It's just, oh. it doesn't move quickly and my little boat makes behind it easy. that tundra, it can be it yeah, took me a while. I, I can I can motor with it now and it's I'm good, but it took me a little bit with that thing. It is. It's Smaller trailers sting. The worst are little. Yours dump is nice. <laughs> yeah, it it does make it nice. The worst is the little dump trailers on a four wheeler. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh they're terrible. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are at backing up, it's not gonna work out for you. And a jackknife right into your stuff immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but on the water, this is for the kayakers. When you're in a moving body of water, there are jet boats that can't go where you can go. All right. So if you see moving water and there's a jet boat headed for that, get the fuck out of the way. Because we can't stop because it's six inches of water. This is still our first segment. We're not supposed to say F words yet. Well, it's ingrained in me. Sorry. It's six inches of water. Jet boats can't stop or they're going to bottom out when they come off a plane. So they have to hit those channels. And if you're running six kayaks wide... Sipping your beers with your toe behind coolers, which I think's awesome. Good on you. <laughs> Do it out of the channels, please, please, please. If we're honking he's, the horn, he's talking about he's talking about the Allegheny. So stay out of the middle of the Allegheny, okay? Or the sides. Or, or Chris I mean, is going to have a, a coronary out there. I mean, uh, the sides. I yeah. took I took Mark. There's a couple spots where I mean, you can spit on the side of the river on some of these channels we have to run. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, going down through. And and kayakers don't know. But if, you know, if the outfitters were to say something, you know, if you see a boat coming or you hear the horn, paddle over. Just just get well, out of the way. And, you know, it comes down to just like locally signage. Yeah. If it was proper and they had it on there, there'd be signage at the front telling them what to do. There'd be signage here explaining what's going on. That That's never actually got a good put idea. Up. You're right. That's a good idea, Mark. But, you know, huh? But there's and I'm not going into detail. There's a lot of strings attached with that, and that's you know. But, but it is it's signage. If they yeah. had were at the put-ins, you know, just a little bit of a signage with a little bit of etiquette. Hey, you might see it. You know, even just for their sake, 
Because yeah. it's not going to yeah, be you're, you're not going to be the one dying. And don't you're stick in a it giant boat. They're going to be the one hurt. So I'm, I'm just saying. Sued. Yes, I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> it, it it might not be a That's terrible idea. Yeah. Might be and not eighty yards up by the portage on down by the boat launch. Yeah, yeah. And so most of those kayaks that come out on that sec on that section of the Allegheny are from uh, a local kayak renter, and and he's a buddy of mine, and I tell him every year, ice, tell people to stay out of the channels. They see a boat coming towards a channel. Just get out of the way. Don't be, oh, you know, Pennsylvania law says that you have to yield to us. Yeah, we get that. But we can't. In a certain situation, you can't. Right. We will break our boat. And there's a lot of people jet boating out there, not just Chris. Correct. A ton of them. And they're not as nice as I am. Because I will do everything I can to, if I can get over to a deeper spot and wait it out, wait you guys out, I absolutely will. But... There are guys that'll buzz you at two, three feet. And I mean, I don't I think that's it. the right thing to do, but if you gotta do it, you gotta do mm-hmm. it, right? So that's uh that's that's my grievance. Uh be fast at the launch. And if you're floating in a kayak, please stay out of the channels when you see a boat. Hey, we're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're gonna get into some fishing stories. Hey, that seemed a lot longer for them than it did for us, but uh we're going to get into some uh, some of our fishing talk now. We have all of us took a few fi- all of us have fished since we uh, last uh, got together for podcast. And uh, we're going to start with man, something that doesn't happen very often to anybody or any, you know, any of us, um, a multiple muskie day. Uh, Mark caught two muskie in one day. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jim was with him. Yep. So, yep, you there. know, I wasn't there. You guys take it over. No, that was a day that was kind of lined up beforehand because I really haven't taken any days off other than that one. It's been tying, and I was like, all right, this day, it's going to happen. Chris, you going to go? He's like, yeah, I'm in. Was it a good moon or anything? The moon was, no, it was coming off the back end of a full moon. It was okay. Yeah, it was still good. But the way that the temperature was overnight lined with an early morning major that was going to line up perfect. So I was like, we're going to have an early morning bite window because of the way the temperature is. So, like, I think it was the day before. Was it the day before or two days before? I think it was the day before. It was Monday. It was the day before. Because it was on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, it was on Monday. And Monday, Chris is like, I can't make it. So I was like, all right, no biggie. I'm just going to keep tying flies, then I won't bombard you with fish pictures. And literally, I sent that, and Jim messaged me, hey, switch with the dude at work. I can fish tomorrow. I was like, okay. So back <laughs> Chris. Sorry, I lied. So we went, get into the first spot, and, like, three casts in. Fish comes up, go into the eight, and it's just lazy. Mess with it for a bit, maybe stays there for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, swims off. And I told Jim, I was like, I'm going to go one more cast. If this fish doesn't come back, he's not eating. Did it, nothing. So, so we took a little hike, went down to another spot. About the same thing. It was like three or four casts in. Figure eight, and then boom, fish appears. I'm like, all right, well, this one just came out of nowhere. He kind of wants it. Did the same thing. Follows it around, does his thing. Never really twitches, never really gets excited, kind of bugs off. So I'm like, all right, well, we may as well kind of sit here and jack around and figure out what's going to go on. Uh, no, I was going to ask what size of fly and stuff, you know, um, what, what were you using? Single uh, uh, dragon tail deceiver. So it's a six aught with an XL dragon tail on it, and just a, literally just reverse bucktail. Black with a blue tail. That's been the killer lately. So it kind of hung out a little bit and figuring, all right, well, these fish are going to turn on. They're active. Everything's lining up, but they're still not ready yet. I think we were getting through the minor, maybe even through the major at that point. 
Yeah, I think we were like almost right at the tail end of the of the first window. Sun so wasn't, yeah, we, sun wasn't up yet. Though, no, sun you were was yeah. actively texting me. Yeah, sun wasn't <laughs> quite up, and then the sun. I think it's like as it was starting to go up, we kind of hit another couple spots. We get to one. Jim fishes it. I go in after he does, and I fish it through. And I'm like, all right, well, what do you want to do? Let's move. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna make like, one more cast. So I fire the last cast out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna like cause you, you chuck them out. A lot of people either chuck them out, reel them in. And when we're on the bank, I like to do that because then I'm not picking all the crap up out of the water, and I can stick my rod and reel it in and then just reel it in clean and not fill my line up with it. So I throw it where I want it, and I stick the rod out, and I'm just reeling it real slow and just as slow as I can. So I'm like, I'm trying to mimic because, like, this time I'm fishing my fly as slow as I can all morning. And you're and clicking I'm, your rod, and, like, it's like, you know, you're reeling it in. Yeah, I'm actually reeling it. Because, like, all morning I'm fishing it slow. So I'm like, I know the fish want it slow. And I'm reeling as slow as I can just tick, 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 tick. And that thing's coming up, and, like, the tail's not even moving, and this fish is lifting the tail. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, Jim, fish. I just dropped the rod one strip. I go in the day, come high. It porpoises up out of the water for it. So I let him come up, and I just take the rod, and I just go straight to the bottom. And the fish goes right down, and I just wait, let him eat. I set, and as soon as I set, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this all in one motion here. I'm going to lean, lift, yell for Jim, and I'm going to hope that net's there right now. Did all of that. As the rod comes up, boom, fish comes off. He's like flailing. I'm like, all right, net's not there. And then, like, boom, Jim comes up over my shoulder, like dives out in, scoops the fish. I'm like holding on to the like edge of the net, and I think like half of you. Dude, you grabbed you, my waders, man. Did I? I was I, going, I was going I was into reaching because like he was like diving. I was reaching for net, him, everything. We finally got everybody pulled back up into the water, and that was a hell of a net job. That was the best net job I've seen. That, yeah, that was my best one well, to date by part two. Second best net job you've ever seen. No, this one was better nah, than yours. Man, I really? Got you. Yeah, I, really? I, I, Dude, this fish I, I, was I unhooked, flailing at the top, and he like comes diving. Or, I don't know how he didn't dive into the water. Because I, it was, I, was, I, was, I was all up in it, man. Like, I'm surprised my forearms were in the, the water. Wall. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which is... I had enough six, six feet, feet, five feet, by six the feet. Time, by the time he six set feet. the hook yeah. on this fish, I was sitting on the ground behind him, like messing around in my bag. I was, I think I was eating some peanuts or something. And I was sitting there making fun of him. I was like, oh, you're reeling it in like you got a Zebco going on over there because I, I could hear his real clicking. Sure. And then he's just like, fish. And all he sees is three just real quick, just He sticks the fish, and I'm already like trying to hurry up and run down the bank. And as I get right behind him, I just seen him lift it, and that fish just popped right off. And I was just like, "No!" (laughs) You're gonna, you know, do the long dive for it. And I just solid fish. I mean, so that's a caught fish, then, right? Yeah, it's a caught fish. I mean, he ate. He was hooked as soon as he got to the top, and he head shook. I mean, I, I was, I don't. I know I'm not the best one fighting fish. To be fair, should have just let the fish go. But no, I don't do that. I just straight torque them and bend their head over and put them in the net. And then I let them rest in the net, and then they're fine. As soon as I put them in the water, they bolt and they smash out of there. Then I pull some hooks out from time to time. I that just, one there, I sure did. Had a bad <laughs> time. I let you take a picture with my fish. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's just as much yours as it was mine. Technically, I caught it, you know, with a net. Yeah. It's not the preferred, you know, can't tag yeah. on the And that companies. was the... Bigger of the two fish? Yeah, that was probably 39. That was a big fish. That was fish. a good fish. Yeah, it was a really good-looking fish. That I, really wish, I mm-hmm. wish we would have taped it, because that fish, like, after we were looking at the pictures of it, that's, no. that's a big fish, man. Videos of it, too, that was a big fish. Mark, me and Mark were out on the lake one one day, and Mark catches up one and put it in the net, and it's like, he's like, oh, it's probably like 37. I'm like, dude, I'd, 
I bet that fish is uh, over 40. He's like, no. I'm like, dude, I'm, I bet it is. 39 tops. Like, yeah, come on. All right, all right. We're doing it. 48 and 41 inch fish. And it was a it was a good fish. It was a big mm. fish. Big fish. Real beautiful fish. Just like that one. That one had a nice, like, yeah, it was good you could, you could t- look at it, one of those fish and when it has a head that right. is, is, you know, in itself nine inches long or something like that, it's, it you know, like it's it. a big fish. You're yeah. like, damn, that's a, that's a good size fish. If Mark's hand is up under that fucking fish's gills, oops, and, uh, you know, he, he. You could just tell it had your head. Your hand was your hand was gone, and you have small hands, but still, it was still gone. Yeah, I have a twenty-five inch fish. My hand's gone. <laughs> Chris's hand would have been gone in that fish. That was a good sized fish. It was a beautiful fish, yeah, Mark. Like Chris always makes fun. Yeah, I need a pound of cheese. That's a Sargento cheese stick. <laughs> go, Screw you. That was one yeah. of my favorites. They work good for tying flies. Yeah. Yeah, you got the perfect Artic- hand for yeah. what you do. Yeah. So, yeah, we Nathan got that one. Thank you, Jim. Moved around a little bit, and uh, sure as shit, I fished through another spot. I'm up above him, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this thing again. And I make this last cast. I'd already fran probably eight. Was that that point, wasn't it? Out at that point? Like, out on that point? No. no? I'd already, already been there. Oh, okay. Um, And I throw, like, kind of where I can't. Because I was trying to, like, double arm it really slow. And I kind of threw to where I couldn't get. And I reached a rod out. And I reeled in. Same thing. This fish is literally lifting the back of the fly with its nose. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Same. Drop it down. Strip it. Start going to the eight. And this point, Jim's like, good. I don't know, 75 yards. So oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like calling, I'm like, all right, yep, yep, yep. You better get here. This fish is hot. All I hear is going around is, and around and around. All I hear is fucking eat it. And then if you get him to eat it. And then at this point, like, I'm like, I don't know where he is. So I'm holding the fish in my left hand with my line. I'm like, Jim, Jim, let me that, let me that. <laughs> he comes running in. Got it. That was a little bit of a smaller fish, but that was a fun one because mm. it just darted around and it wanted it. And it, I kind of cut him a little short one time. I thought he was going to eat it. So I went in real quick thinking he was going to come in low and then shoot up and jab it. And he did. And I went too quick and he kind of nipped the tail. So I let him kind of reset there real quick. I slowed it. And as soon as he turned, I went down real fast, went up on the eight high and hung it and just <laughs> clobbered it right there, which is perfect. Because then you just boom, lay the rod straight, strip. You're already right in perfect position. Is that the picture you sent me of the rip tail? Oh, no, that was on the first fish. Oh, really? He ripped it whenever uh, the hook came out, and then the, you saw the, the tail, like, goes, stretch real <laughs> long, and then, boom, it goes flying in the air. The hook goes up. Everything kind of was just flying. Then at that point, I just that dropped the rod and started reaching for everything. Him, the net, and I'm afraid, because the net came out of it. That was right. As soon as you were reaching so far, yeah, trying to pull, yeah, yeah. he got and then the net slid out of, like, the holder. Oh so the net's coming out like it's going down in the water on the one end. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a treat. But no, the second fish got net a lot easier because I was just holding them by the leader at that point. It was a nice green fish. That had was nice emerald uh, green. Yeah, yeah and it had nice color, yeah. like a nice pattern. Yeah, really nice pattern. Pattern too. in the side of it. Yeah, give or take thirty. Yeah, solid yeah. fish. I showed my dad both pictures. Like he caught both those today. Oh, we're. Doing drywall work. We moved four fish by noon. Yeah, then that was a really, really good day. Actually, we were and painting. then the end we of, uh, yeah. then we kept moving around, and then you moved. Yeah, one. and I moved that last you one. You moved a big fish. I, that that fish, he just he followed up way too shallow, I think, that's with the, how cold it was. I just, that shallow water turned him off. So. Uh, it was a bad situation. There was a shelf out where he was. Yeah, I didn't so really have too much. To it and I had zero turned. figure eight opportunity. That would have had to have been an open water eat for sure. So, speaking of 
Jim having figure eight opportunities. That was a perfect segue, Jim, into what we're going to talk about next is, dude, you got your second muskie on a figure eight. I did. And you got it on video. I did. It was a perfect day, too. Oh, my gosh. I, I really, I get on people. Like and you've already caught one, so you know I get I, the, the videoing is okay. I get on people about you know worrying about that stuff while you're trying to catch one of your you know your first fish of that species or whatever it be. But man, what a beautiful catch on video! And uh, tell us about the catch first. Let's go through you catching the fish first, and All then right. we'll then we'll get to the video stuff. So the catch first. So I already got my first one, and uh, you know week or two went by and again reach out to mark say hey man you want to fish and you know he's caught up i totally you know i understand i get it well normally you know prior to even catching the first one i probably would have you know went and fished for something else but you know now that like i kind of got my bearings as far as you know how to go ahead and you know fish for these things and i already caught one so i'm going into it with a little bit of confidence we had a cold front come in, and I mean, it was blistering cold between, you know, just raw temperature and the wind. I mean, real feel was probably, you know, I, I can't give you an exact temp, but it was super, super cold. And uh, I went out first thing in the morning and, you know, spent the entire morning de-icing my guides. I mean, the entire morning de-icing my guides. It felt like every, you know, dozen casts I was, you know, busting off the main islet at the bottom. It was just completely chunked up. So going in a little bit later into the afternoon, you know, getting, you know, around that 1030, you know, 11 mark. I, I just started bouncing around a little bit. You know, we had a little bit of sun coming out. It was super cold all morning overcast. So we didn't have any kind of, you know, sunlight whatsoever up to this point. And, uh... <clears throat> I threw out and I moved, I moved this fish once and came in super, super lazy. Not to interrupt you real quick, but yeah. <clears throat> are you videoing everything the whole day? The whole thing. Everything I mean, like you're <clears throat> videoing every cast, every retrieve. This is always, the, it's just ongoing and you're just, you just have like a 64 or a hundred and some gig in your GoPro or so, sorry, I, I didn't mean so, to get into any of this, but just be, you know. So what I'm running right now is I'm running a Hero Series. So I love the Black mm-hmm. Series. I mean, they're a completely waterproof camera, so you don't have to put any kind of, like, housing on them. So the biggest thing I've noticed with, like, running a GoPro with housings on them, because I do have a, a Hero 4, and um, with the plastic housings on them, if you're wearing them on your body whatsoever is to, like, try to be a main point of an action camera, if you touch that housing whatsoever, you are going to have such bad kickback from like the noise with the microphone and the GoPro, it's just gonna sound like super super loud. Oh, you just moving around. Oh my the whole god, time. your your audio, okay. you watch it just spike up and down. Like if you're looking at it on an editor with it, the, with a plastic. But it just phone. runs. It runs the whole day. The, the, I wouldn't say the whole day. I mean, but whenever we're rotating spots, you know, just walking between, you know, whenever we're bouncing around on foot or something like that, I'll always turn it off. You know, power down. Sure. But like if we're out on a boat or something, and I'm running like the externals and everything. Oh yeah, we're running okay. the whole time. Okay. But yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. As you, as you're retrieving, I'm just I just wondered if it was running the whole time while you're doing all this. Go ahead. Yeah. So so while I'm fishing, absolutely every every single strip, every single cast, and actually, I'm gonna touch on a point that you brought up the last time I was here, Sims, here in a minute. So I'll be waiting for that one there. But uh, brought move this fish once, and um, I I sitting there, I was texting Mark. You know, I'm like, I moved this fish, 
and uh, I'm going to give it a minute. So I gave this fish probably 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes at the most. You know, at this point, I, re I had to recharge, you know, the batteries and everything, swap my batteries and my camera. So that's another thing that's really going into filming. If you're going to try to film a muskie, you have to be very disciplined with your gear. So when you're very disciplined with your gear, that means knowing what your gear can do. So like whenever you're running stuff, if you're fishing, it's a little bit different than a hunting type scenario. So like I cut my teeth with, with filming and everything with the hunting stuff. Mm -hmm. So like I'm used to, okay, I'm in the woods. I don't want to make any sounds. So that means turning off all of your audible alarms and everything that are on the camera. So whenever you turn it on, you're not spooking your game. Well, this is kind of the opposite whenever you're fishing with a muskie because you want to be able to know when your camera is, you know, something's going wrong with it, whether you're running out of SD memory, whether you're running out of battery. You have to know these things, and you have to be disciplined enough to go, okay, I just casted once. Maybe I moved a fish. My camera just died. Rather than, you know, make that next cast, stop. Go and change out your batteries, change out your SD cards, make sure that you're ready for it because – if you're going to make that next cast, you might as well make sure that you're ready and set up for it. And that's kind of going back into what you were talking about the last time I was on the show is just being prepared. So you're only going to get a couple opportunities at that fish, maybe at the most, if you're able to move them more than once. So be prepared. So that means you're going to be ready. You got to be fishing prepared. You know, you got to be presenting it. You got to make sure your camera's on. So that means if it makes a beep and it's saying, hey, it's not on, Double tap it before you make that next cast just to make sure. And speaking even on being prepared, you're fishing by yourself. Yeah. Well, this is all happening. Solo, this this yeah. this fish that we're gonna talk we're talking about right now. Mm. You're fishing solo. I and we'll get in go through the whole process like we're we are now kind of. Um but you even netting the fish is all solo, the whole yeah. process and if you're gonna fish yeah. by if you're gonna fish by yourself, you have to make sure that that net is right next to you. You have to be able to imagine Okay, if I'm going to move that fish off of that point, or if I'm going to move that fish off of that bush or that structure, or whatever you're casting to, already imagine it in your in your mind. Leave you it right know, in your left side, net in the water. Yep. I feel like I'm talking to Mark Jr. <laughs> hey man. Hey, they, no, this they, is no. They, it's great. It's, they no, took it's, me to figure eight very, school, man. It was very a heartbreaking, very very heartbreaking beginning of the year, man. Very very impressive feat. That fish, like that's that's not, dude. Just you, getting a fish on the eight and netting it yourself in itself is is something that's pretty awesome on a fly rod. Yeah. In it the middle of February, be. when yeah, we should yeah. have four yeah. inches of ice. Yeah. But this is the best time. We have warm absolutely. winters. So, oh, so you moved the fish the first time. So I moved the fish the first time, and up to this point, like I said, whenever I had some heartbreak as far as, you know, with the figure eight school on the fish, okay, I had fish that literally missed every single different angle that you can imagine in a figure eight on both ends one day when I was out there. I have a bunch of footage of it, and it's just a bunch of me cursing and yelling at these fish over in the middle of, the, of nowhere on a river. So... <clears throat> I really got in tune with, you know, the elevation and, you know, hanging it on the tops and, you know, really, really trying to get that fish in a position to where he can actually eat it. So I moved this fish a second time. And whenever I moved it a second time, I was able to pull it really close. And whenever I got to that last like four inches, I seen the tail of that fish start twitching and everything. And I just dug it and he followed it, missed it the first time on the top hang, dug it again. Missed it on the second one, and when I let him 
completely reset and turn his body around. And I just dug it real, real deep. And on that third hang, he just crushed it. And it was just real quick, you know, just set completely to the tail, reached down for the net, <clears throat> boom, in the net. And that fish taped out at 37 and an eighth. That, that was a really healthy fish. She was fat. That was a good time. We're going down to the ace now. To the eighth inch. <laughs> hey, man. We're just going to round that one up. We're just going to car 38 well, for Well, my your last sake. one did was you, a heavy you, 29, if did you, you remember. Did you, so. pinch, did you pinch the tail huh? as hard did, as you could? No, that did was you just, go the whole just, way to the base? Nope, that was that's just the only sure, way to measure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you got to go to the base if you're going to measure. I mean, if you don't go to the base, base, like, I mean, like, I go like mid, yeah, base fucking, the tip, whatever. I mean, I, I fucking start measuring like mid taint if you're going to ask me. Yeah. But you know, what I mean, this is this is just you know common, you know. Just never hey. measure from the top, man. No, no, never, never, he goes never. Old old. Only, no, only from the underneath. Yeah, no, this is asshole to fucking tip. <laughs> But uh, if it's like any good fishing story, you know it grows an inch every time you talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is to see. This is this is old. This is old. Great SVS talk right here. Go go. Keep going with your story. We are, we apologize for this. this but this, uh, we shouldn't do this. But that fish was just super super clean, and I mean just bright and beautiful. And I mean she had girth. I mean she was just. She wasn't a you know a super trophy by any means, but for where I was fishing and. You know, to be able to move her once and then know to, to back out, you know, take a break, just let her chill out. I already moved her once. I'm not going to I'm not going to mess with her again. And then to be able to to read her perfectly as she came in and just put her in the eight. And then knowing that because I made the preparation by switching the batteries and everything in the camera before, that's kind of what all led to it. Yeah, there's nothing better than not luck catching a fish. Yeah. Like there's a there's a lot of luck to every fish you catch. But the more you can be involved in that action, yeah, you it, earn it's one. Just, it's, yeah, it's awesome. And then you know what? That's exactly what it feels like. I feel like at that point, like, like I'm getting that, a replica done. I'm like, dude, yeah, let's get the 40 first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I'm getting a replica like a true steel. Done. I spoke yeah. like a true steel header. Uh, I got that. I got, I got the, three steel head on my wall. If you I don't, I don't get a giant. Fun. For your next fish, you need to get a replica of your first one done with a big one chasing your first one. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. And I was mouth open with that. Oh, that would be awesome. How big was your first one? I don't know, 26? 20, yeah, 20, mine, 20, mine, mine was a Anywhere two, between man. 22 and 26. I don't care. After working that hard for it, I, I'll take it. Oh, shoot, I've never got one over 30 on the fly. Yeah, uh, but I, I got the green light for the Dorado replica. Nice. Mm. Yeah, the replica, oh. replica, or the painting? The replica, replica. That's gonna oh, that's be super gonna... awesome. How the, long was that the, fish? The painting's already been commissioned. Nice. You're getting both. I'm it's getting both. Because how big's the painting? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I told, I told Borsky, just do what you do. The fish was 57 inches. Oh boy, that's gonna be a fun one. That's yeah, sick. speaking it's of six feet of fish on my yeah, wall. I'm sure that taxidermist is licking his lips, going, "Come on now." Oh boy. So speaking of green lights, oh, we're gonna be the four people going. But uh, I got the green light to go. Uh, I well, I, I told you guys I was going, but I never really talked to her about it. But uh, going <laughs> up north, oh, I got the actual green light. Are, are to you go. talking about going to yeah, old Wisconsin? Yeah, I got the actual green light. So, dude, I'm in. Well, I'm all in. Let's roll, Let's man. Do this, the four of I'll us. Hey, I'll drive. Booyah. Me getting the green light isn't the problem. It's just actually getting. Me to leave. That's the problem. You're yeah, leaving. well, we're gonna we're gonna well, capture. We're not getting we're, we're, on we're a plane. Yeah, I know. We're gonna I'm, I'm, club, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna club you over. I'm top gonna of the pick head. you up one yeah. morning and tell you we're going somewhere local, and we're just gonna keep driving to the airport. 
I am no wait, longer a violent wait, man. We're flying. I think it's I can get you no. in the truck. We're I leaving. We were driving. No, but I feel like that's the only way I'm going to get him to actually drive that far without going. No. Hey, we're not going to. We're the just right going to. No, no you good. and I. A okay. little bit of clear. You know, hey, hey, how was this? Does this rag smell like chlorophyll, Mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom, Mark. Hits we're going. Twenty-seven, Jay. Twenty-seven. We're going to take. We're going to Bill Cosby, Mark, to Wisconsin. He wakes up in the passenger seat. You just shove the thing back over his face. He passes back out. Before he knows it, he's on a river in Wisconsin, and he can't say no to that. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> we're leaving. Yeah, Fr- Dan's waking you up. Yeah, <laughs> Friday hey, man, morning. Wake up. This is a good one. I dropped my wife off Friday morning at the airport, and we're leaving. And I'm driving out. Look at my daughter. I was like, "Make sure you fly before you're 40." She's like, "Are you?" I'm like, "No, I ain't got anxiety. You just think of what your mother's going through right now." <laughs> Wait, you've never flown? No, oh we had this conversation on here. Oh my god, yeah. dude, How's it's that? horrible. Yeah. You're not messing much. Has your wife before? Yeah. Okay. So Just a couple of times, but this, this is her wasn't her first flight. No, she's flown I think three times. But this is the first time solo. Oh, I love flying. So, oh. but no, I good. love flying, especially solo. drunk. I like flying drunk, <laughs> or or getting on a plane drunk is the only way to be. Yeah, there's no other way to get on. No, so like, there's hey, eighteen man, can I, bars can I, before yeah, you. Yeah, and get you're on like, your plane. hey, you're like next to the guy next to you that you don't even know. You're the rest of your family's on the rest of the plane. You're like, hey, dude, how are you? And who are you? It's just tough to get drunk in an airport because I mean. When my dad and I were stuck in Texas, it was $18 for a double knob crate. Oh. Sure. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we spent $70 on what was, it was, this was during COVID, so it was the only bar open. It was some Mexican place. So it was like double shot of, uh, oh, God, Hennessy. We were drinking. Yeah, we were that's, drinking that's like gangsters. Super Mexican. No, we were, no I, don't, I don't know what he, I know, but I'm just saying, this, this, is what, this is what they had. I said, what do you have that isn't tequila? I'm just saying that's all they had. <laughs> they didn't have anything. It was, but it, hey, we, you know, it was COVID, so we were we were just trying to get hammered. But uh, yeah, Tennessee, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, I've oh, been uh, overserved on a plane or two on the way to Vegas. Yeah, well, dad, <laughs> duh. But those those airline attendants are watching you like a hawk on the way to Vegas. You know, if you have, so I uh, I was I was able to sweet talk them into giving me doubles. And after like three or four, the one was like, I have to cut you off. <laughs> she <laughs> whispered it to me. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. She goes, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're louder than the announcements right now. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's on brand. I understand. <laughs> that's great. So we're going to keep with the uh, fly fishing talk. We got a little, little stray there on some uh, on us going on trips, which is going to be a blast. I can't wait. I that'll be, it's that'll be, be so much oh, fun. Jeez. Can't wait to see Bam and those guys and fish with them. That'd how be, long, hey, that's how, how long are we going to – how many days are we, we plan on doing this? We need to figure that out. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about short time. Yeah, we'll talk about or? that. Uh, oh, no, probably not more than five yeah, I don't have long term because I'm dropping my family off in Illinois. Yeah, we'll probably have four or five days. I'll probably have four. And my brother-in-law, I, I'd that, settle for, I'd settle for four. So that next weekend, my brother-in-law got us a private tour of uh, Starlight Distillery down in Southern Indiana, and that's on Saturday. So we're gonna go down there, take the families and the wet and the wives, and they're gonna go to the winery, and we're gonna go to the distillery, and I'm pretty excited about that. And maybe shoot down nice. to Louisville, because I'd really like to go to Old Forester. Mm. Really yeah. like to go to Old Forester. That'd be a good one. Because mm-hmm. they have a lot of uh, distillery-specific bottles that you can only get 
at the distillery. Yummy stuff. Yeah, and uh, since we've talked about it, I brought Evan Williams Bottled and Bond tonight. One of the best bottles you can buy under 20 bucks. Honestly. Mark bought a, brought a, a, a little baby bottle. I haven't had any of this yet, but I will after this segment, and then we'll come back and I'll be hammered. Yeah, the, the Kinsey four-year. It's shockingly good for it's a four-year-old whiskey. Yeah, it's pretty good. terrible. Back so, on track. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> you guys can go off track as much as you want tonight. It's fine with me as long as it's as long as it's good content and you guys feel comfortable with there it. There is just so a. I'm not going to yell at you, bottles. but uh, it's so intimidating. We, uh, PJ and I, he doesn't get together as, with me as much as he used to. He has a, you know, a, he's got a lady. Yeah, a and and a cat that has some problems. Um, that is a younger cat that he is giving um shots to. With his girlfriend, Molly, all the time. Like Jaeger? Um, no. <laughs> he wishes they were Jaeger. Uh, it's something that... And, and they say if the cat can get on this pill, it should be good. Uh, but it's got to do some... It's, it's going to take a little bit of time. So my, my fishing buddy's on a little bit. But he can get out. He came a little late. You know, we got here about 9, which is honestly, for right now, it's so cold in the mornings. It's almost better to do an afternoon fish than it is even a morning fish. And I didn't mind sleeping in because I got hammered the day before with my wife day drinking. It was, uh, that would have been, yeah, the weekend of uh, Valentine's Day. So Saturday, our kid went off to a event uh, for her uh, Girl Scouts and was out of town. So wife's like, hey, you want to go out to lunch and start drinking? I'm like, <laughs> Don't twist my <laughs> arm with beers and, you know, good times and eating some food. So we went out, local restaurant. We like to go to the bar area is nice. Get a little appetizer, a few drinks, start day drinking all day. So I didn't mind waking up a little later the next day. Yeah, yeah. Made it perfect. So he shows up at 9. I said, that's wonderful. So it sounds like your uh, dry February didn't happen. No. Nice. I'm very glad no, to hear that for yeah, you. No, yeah, yeah. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't been bad. <laughs> she didn't stick with her plan. I let her win at Mario Kart a couple times, and everything every, everything's good in the world again. So, well done. Yeah, I'm not that stupid. So PJ and I, you know, he comes and you know, nine o'clock. We're fishing by ten, uh, and for the first hour, or so you know, it's still pretty chilly, and fishing doesn't even pick up, and. We'd eat, I caught one earlier, like first first couple holes, right on the bend hole. You know, the first bend that I'd said I hadn't been caught, catching any fish on. Had one. Yep. Cut back. Yeah, no, no, the big one with, had the, oh, the right when one. you walk down, the first one that comes oh, off to the left, that oh, one. That I caught one. a nice fish out of that one first thing. And then, you know, we go up and I'm just, you know, I, I'm king of the I'm king of the castle. Were you in my backyard again? Yeah, I'm king of the castle. You know what I mean? And. I'm I'm the best, and PJ sucks, you know, at this point, you know, because, and he's like, you caught one fish, dude. I'm like, yeah, that's one more than you. Yeah, that's 100% more than he is. Yeah, exactly. And caught anything. But uh, then as fishing started picking up a little, he put on a giant caddis, and there are big caddis coming off, and nice stones, too. It was, once, once noon hit, all these different bugs started coming off. There were a few different bugs, like probably three that I'd seen that were different. Some stones... Caddis and something else that I didn't know, probably small. Yeah, a like little a smaller. Yeah, like some kind. Of, I think it was some kind of midge. Like midge. Yeah, it was some kind of midge. 
um, which I'm not throwing a midge. Uh, a lot of stones. <laughs> Man, the stones up there, they yes. range from like fours to 20. Yeah. yeah. These you see are, them yeah, like on the, the bridges. There's see some big ones. The ones that are coming off now, they're probably size 12. Yeah. Maybe even smaller, even 14. Big. You know, they're not small, small, but I mean, they were nice. all over the uh, snow the time before I was there. And I throw the same thing every time. Like I said, I'm throwing a sparkly, sparkly nymph and a grasshopper. Small, very small grasshopper. Yeah. And the bigger the bigger fish have their eyes up. They were crushing the caddis that PJ had on. And once they started. Still eat your grasshopper? Oh, yeah. All kinds of the smallest fish. <laughs> it was unbelievable. This fish couldn't have been. Oh, I can't. There's not a fly on this table. The, the clouser. It's the size of the clouser. Yeah. And it came up and ate this, tried to eat this grasshopper. And it's not a huge grasshopper, but a good size one. Uh, three quarter, maybe, yeah, probably three quarter inch. <laughs> like, it's not a small one, but uh, he comes to try to eat it three times. <laughs> Finally, I, I, I let him eat it. He takes the whole thing down, poop, pull him up out of the water. He flops off, you know, and basically into my hand, damn near. And, uh, you know, very, very tiny little fish. And, just that was it was funny, you know. They were all had their heads, they all had their eyes up, and then PJ walks right by this one, right by it, and I'm like, dude, PJ, there's a big one sitting right there. He's like, oh, I had to have spooked it. I'm like, mm, we'll see. It comes up, I watch it like damn near put its nose on my grasshopper and won't eat it, and then it kind of moves up off this off on the other side of this tree going across the creek, and I'm like, oh well, I kind of just move up two more steps drop my stuff down on the other side and I'm just hovering, hovering my nymph down there and I watch him just gill flare and suck this nymph in. <gasps> right in. I'm like, ha, 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 hook. And pull him up. And I'm like, PJ's, geez, PJ, man, I've never seen PJ's little fat legs. Or I won't say fat. Stubby. Fat's a mean word. Stubby legs. His PJ's little st- not fat. No, he's not. He's stubby. Fluffy. He's stubby. He's just thick and stubby. So his little stubby legs move that fast ever in my whole life. He's like 75 yards up the creek already to the next hole. And I'm like, I got this one, PJ! And, you know, I get in my hand. It pops off, you know. Can't PJ get- reminds me of Gimli from Lord of the Rings, the dwarf. Yes. Yes. That's a good yeah. assumption. Yeah, Red go. hair, yeah. stocky. Yeah. Not strong. fat, stocky. No, yeah, stocky. Yeah. Thick. 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 That's, that's why I said, I, I shouldn't say fat because he's not fat. T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> stumpy. Stumpy legs. That's why he has a hard time getting in and out of the raft. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a, but we had a great time. He caught a bunch of fish. We, all, we both got a bunch. Once we started seeing the bugs come off, and we, man, then, you know, it, even walking back down, the game, it gets fun. And you could see the fish. One hole we had to caught. Four fish out of one hole, you know. You get there's the one real. If you you walked all the way up to the posted sign, it's the one real big one. You could fish the yeah. whole bottom side of it, and then the top side's got that huge drop and big hole in it. Mm-hmm. I was plucking them out of that hole. There's on the top a side. Twenty in that. Yeah, and if not a couple creek chubs, he caught a creek chub. But you know, just a good time, good walk in the woods, like always. Just I love my little walk in the woods right in this time of year and. Mm-hmm. If I until these guys call me to take me down to go catch a muskie with them, uh, you know I'll just you know keep doing my trouting until they sh- well they won't shut that creek down, but all your other creeks will be getting shut down here within the next uh, two weeks, week a- and a half. A- 
Is it is it March first? I would say. Yeah. Is it two weeks before trout season, it's or is it? It's the whole month. It's the whole month. month. And How about this weather again. Yeah, it's dude. Forty six for today's fifty four. Forty six, forty four. These are highs. Forty two, sixty five, thirty. Yeah, yeah, gotta love 43. that drastic change. Well, here's here's what, like, there are trees in my yard that are budding. Oh yeah. Oh, That's speaking of that, bad. Yeah, I ain't good at all. Because we're gonna get another. We have to get another freeze. There's it's, no. Oh, way. it's calling twenty. Uh, 25 degree, 21 low coming up. The yeah. weirdest yeah. thing I saw, I saw some robins. Yeah. I saw a bunch of robins the other day. And robins never come back. They're the first to leave and the last to come back usually, right? That's the rule of that's the rule of thumb. They're always first. the first to leave. And they're the last usually to come back. Well, usually the first to come back. Are they the first the to come back? The robin's the first sign of spring. Okay, well, they're coming back now. Yeah. And this is a little early. You usually don't see them for another couple weeks Dude, at the least. Dude, deer are changing color. Yeah, the I don't know. deer are moving to well, their see, spring colors. That might be a good sign for the weather. Fuck that groundhog. That I, groundhog I, don't need shit. I, I got to tell you, the weather doesn't give a fuck Spe- about deer or robins so, <laughs> or, or what's hatching or buds. Buds are everywhere. Yeah, you're right, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are trees turning red right now. Yeah, we could have a mid-March where we have two weeks of... Yeah, oh, I mean, sure. the, the blizzard... Well, this is going to age me, but the blizzard of 93 was the middle of March, and we got a lot of snow. You're going to get annihilated this year, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I have one, one random just... I haven't put the plow on my tractor yet. I haven't had right the plow one where it's just going to absolutely pour all year long, and we're going to have high water and muddy water. Speaking of which, the Ganey was looking good finally. It was it turned back that color of green. So uh, I'm not trying to cut off your story. No, my story's done. Right on. I'm going to feed right into mine. So my brother, yes. so my brother-in-law was in town, and uh, I was supposed to take a couple of days off to hang out with him, and we were going to go. I understand, and we were going to go. Jay Pointer did his wiener like six times. I got the Yeah, we. I get it now. But you forgot I, your phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just didn't understand what it meant. So he's in town, and he's a he's a spin fisherman, and he owns a lake in uh, Illinois. It's a beautiful little little lake outside of Peoria, and it's got they, they stocked it twenty years ago. So he's he's a spin guy. He catches crappie and bass, and I said, you know what? Let's hit the big river. Let's go. Let's go pull some walleye out. So we went north, launched after I had a long conversation with a guy that was working on his boat. <laughs> uh, the only problem was we had sustained 35-mile-an-hour winds. With that gu- day was rough. Dude, with gusts up to 50. So my wife and his wife were like, are you guys sure you'll be safe? I'm like, no, but we're going fishing. I said, if it gets too bad, we're, we're grown-ups. We'll say, look, we can't. We can't run adrift or we can't, the trolling motor can't keep up. We'll come off the water. So we get down to the launch. We launch no problem. There are three foot standing waves in the river going upstream from the wind. Right in the hole I want to fish. I can't, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a flat bottom jet boat. I can't do anything in those. So we go up around the corner. We fish pretty hard. He's running a uh, he's running a, a crawler harness, and I'm throwing like a little uh, crankbait. 
because we're spin fishing. Because I mean, you're not fly fishing in any of that. Uh, I bang a smallie right off the bat. Nice 16 inch smallie. I was pretty happy. But I was like, all right, here we go. Like this is gonna be a good day. Two hours go by. Crickets. <laughs> we try a couple different spots. We go up. We fish the bridge. We go down around the bridge that uh, that big plant there. He catches a smallie. I'm like, all right, here we go. It's just a little feller, but okay. So finally the wind pretends to die down for a little bit. So we shoot down to where there's a there's an inlet where the, the water treatment plant dumps warmer water in. And I said, you know what, let's go down there. And we marked, I mean, 100 fish, easy. So we start trolling through there, nothing. Trolling further up, nothing. We come out. It's about 20 feet deep, and I put on a crawler harness, too. And uh, finally, uh, I got a walleye. I mean, it was a solid 11, 12 inches. <laughs> so we threw Perfect that. Perfect eater. I don't, isn't I'm it, joking. I'm joking now. That's I, not a eater. I think 14 is keeper size in Pennsylvania. 15. 15, 15 yeah. We weren't even close. So I threw that back. I looked at him, and I was like, you know what would be more fun than this right now? Because, I mean, the wind had picked back up. It's getting a little chilly. I was like, why don't we go to the bar and drink beers? <laughs> so we went back, and I mean to tell you, I'm pretty good at putting my boat on the trailer. It took me seven tries. Because that wind, I'd come no matter what angle I came in, that wind was coming upriver. And he backed, he backed my trailer down in. I just couldn't get it on there. Just couldn't do it. And finally, I said, all right. His name's Gerard. I said, all right, Gerard, I'm coming in hot. So when I hit, I need you to pull out. <laughs> Man, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, that's like the, uh, the couch pulls out, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I came in. I was between the bunks, and I went, go, go, go. And he just shoots out of the water. So then I've got to winch the boat, the dry boat now at this point. Winch it up on the trailer, which just sucks. It's a heavy boat with a heavy motor on it. So we go to the bar, have a couple beers. My wife, I share my location with my wife on the iPhones because uh, I don't want to get stabbed. So I tell By my, her or by somebody else and her not know where you're at when you get stabbed? Oh, by her. Oh, okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That was a fair question. Uh, yeah, it really was. I was just saying, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, you might be in a place where, you know, you might not want to be fishing, but you got to fish anyway because it's a good Further area. Up river. Yeah. You might get jabbed in Where the I was fishing yeah. is one yeah. of those spots. Yeah, yeah, you, that's what I mean. And where you guys are close to fishing. Oh, yeah. You yeah, never yeah. know what happens. Yeah. When, when it happens there, could, uh, yeah. So I'll I mean, kill somebody and drown them there. It truly was a good question. You're right, Jim. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> you need to find just a, wondering. You need to find a bigger spot. You ain't drowning nobody in that one. So there's... What, down in Sharon? No, oh, oh, oh. I'll drown them. I thought you meant your brookie water. Oh, no. no, I would shoot somebody. I'm waiting and to pull a body up. I would shoot somebody and someday. pull them up you to will. the hill. You I'm, you I'm, will. Waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. One of my cat rigs are going to snag onto a pair of that's denim. When, that's when you I, fish Sharon enough, you're pulling a body up. <laughs> yeah, that's when I, well, that's if, if I'm out in that area, that's when I call uh, my friend over here and say, <laughs> I got something I have to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your tractor. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do? Uh, catfish bait. There you go. See, see, you, you know anybody with a pig farm? <laughs> but, okay, uh, so we're getting another. We're getting offhand again. So this this little restaurant in my hometown, uh, Franklin, it's called Foxdale's, and they've got these portobello fingers. 
So they're like six inch portobello strips and they're deep fried. And that's my pregnant wife's craving right now. So I say to my brother-in-law, I'm like, hey, dude, if I don't take these home to my wife, I'm dead. Six seconds later, she texts me. She goes, I see you're at Foxtails. If you don't bring me home portobello fries, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting shanked. So then I had a plan. I was like, what if we order dinner from here? So that way, because the portobello fries take like 15 minutes. But if we order wings, that's like a 40-minute time period where we can sit there and slam some more beers and then head home. So we got wings and portobello fingers got home. Nobody was in the doghouse. We caught some fish in the windiest day of 2023 so far. Well, we really had no business hey, being out there, but it was awesome. You were winning. That's right. Marriage logistics. Yeah. Marriage yeah. logistics. <laughs> yeah. I need a dispatcher. Hey, if, if, if you need a, uh, a, a, a guy to plan your day and you have a wife, ask Chris. Yeah. Chris, Chris knows how to plan this shit out. I got you. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great at that. Um, hey, when we come back, Chris is going to talk a little more about some food. So we're going to take uh, just another second break. It'll be longer for us than it will for you. We're going to go uh, fill, unfill our bladders, fill our cups, and reload our minds. All right. We'll be back with Shane and myself for some Smoker's Corner. Wow. That shot of that stuff that you uh, – wait, I did the um, Bullets Rye. But what the hell did that say? You know we're recording, right? Yeah. What does that say? Bullet <laughs> bullet night? Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. Bullet wow. 95 Rye. Okay. We, we definitely did enough of everything. Um, we're coming back with the Smoker's Corner. Absolutely. Shane's in, in, in the seat, and uh, Chris is ready to talk about some butt stuff. Let's talk about butts. Pork butts. That so is. last time we went over uh, another pork product, ribs. This time we're going to talk about pork butts, which uh, are technically the shoulder of a pork. You'll hear them called pork shoulders. The reason they're called butts goes back to uh, colonial days when they would stuff all of the pork shoulders in a barrel. And those barrels were called butts. So they would they would salt them, they would season them, and they'd stuff them all in a barrel. And that's where the word pork butt came from. So it's the front shoulder of the pig. If it down to the bottom joint, the below the joint is called the picnic of of the pork, the picnic ham. So pork shoulders are generally just the top shoulder. It includes a little bit of breastbone, and that's it. They're not. They're generally not terribly bony, right, yeah, Shane? Just usually one big bone. Yeah, and and you can you can order them uh, without the bone, but you're going to pay more for it. And removing the bone if you've done it right. Is the right way to do it. Yeah, I I like cooking with the bone. I think it adds flavor. Yep. You're getting a lot of marrow. Once that marrow cooks down and everything, right? All that's in there, right? Well, it's it's technically the scapula, the okay. the, the shoulder blade, so there's not a whole lot oh, of okay. marrow. Okay, it's in not there. actually the okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh but the best part about the bone in a pork butt is if you've cooked it correctly. You should just be able to grab it with your fingers and slowly pull it right out. Yes. If you can't pull it right out, it ain't done. Exactly. So, uh, Shane, walk Probably us. Because you didn't pop first, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody cooks their pork shoulders differently. I know you and I do it differently just in the six seconds we talked about it before sure. this. Walk us through your pork butt 
cooks, and I'll then walk you guys through mine. Again, I, I pull mine out an hour before at least. I like to let it get room temperature. Um, and then I'm a big proponent of um, spicy brown mustard. Um, I like rubbing first. Well, actually, I usually do a little bit of salt, then spicy brown mustard. Um, and then I add my my rub that I make. It's similar to the ribs. I usually don't vary away from um, my smoking rub for pork. Um, and what's that again? Garlic, onion powder, paprika, uh, oregano. Sometimes I'll take a little bit of Montreal chicken seasoning and throw it in there just to mix it through because I like the way that flavor is. Right. And then I think my added ingredients just kind of embolden it. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, black pepper and then again salt. And I use, of course, kosher salt always. But uh, once I rub it down with the mustard, I'll put my seasoning on it. I like to let it sit for a little bit longer and then throw it on my hot smoker at 225. Um, I like to do half dry, half wrapped in the peach butcher paper. Um, you mean half your cook? Yeah, half the cook. Not so half five, the pork butt. No, no, no. Five <laughs> hours, five hours dry, five hours wrapped in the peach butcher paper. And then... Um, Usually around 10 hours. It depends on the size. If it's a little bit bigger, you know, go a little bit longer. But once it's wrapped in that peach butcher paper, if you grab it and shake it, you you usually know when it's done. Mm -hmm. It'll jiggle just right to where you know that bone's going to slide right out and it's done. Yeah, and, uh, and, and pork is one you can temp and you can accurately temp. Yes. And it's generally never done before like 198, 200 degrees. Yeah, I like Almost I, never. I like like a 203. Yep, 205 is my, is my number. Yeah, that's I, I feel like that's the far end, but usually it's fall apart at 205, and that's what you yep. want because you want to shred it and make a good pulled pork from it usually. And how do you shred? Do you have the uh, black Wolverine claws that you can get in there with? Or? I have two sets of them. I've used them once, and I'm not a fan. I, I feel like... I dig in with my bare hands. I like to cool it enough to where I could dig in. Sometimes you don't have that kind of time, and it's a little rough. So how long would you like to rest the pork butt? At least an hour. Okay. Um, the longer the better, honestly. An hour and a half, two hours would probably be ideal, but if you're throwing a party and... And they're ready to eat. Yeah. You, you're you going to shred it. You do what you do. Yeah. yeah. shred it. It's, I mean, it's pork butt. If you... like. Like I was saying earlier, I, I had one that wasn't quite done for Super Bowl, and I chopped it, and I chopped it. It was hot when I chopped it, like yeah. real hot. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't rest it longer than 20 minutes. Yeah, and the beauty of pork butt is it's really hard to screw one up. Yes. Like if, if you're just getting into smoking meats, that should be your first cook, especially it if— It was you, mine. Yeah. On my, on my stick burner, which cooks everything pretty well. And you can you can jump heat around a little bit. I feel like, or or the thermometer can jump around a little bit. And I don't feel mm -hmm. like the temperature of the actual smokers jumping as much as the thermometer in the you know in the smoker says it is. Right. But uh, yeah, that was what I started out with, and like you said, again, like ten twelve hours. And Shane, get, I I looked up a recipe. There's uh, a few people online I, I like to follow. There's the bearded butchers, one good one who's he's just a butcher and he just shows you cuts of meats and yeah, the guys from Ohio. Down. Yeah, they're 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 not bad and 
Uh, there's a uh, guys the guy out of Texas, Matt um, Pittman. the Meat Church, Matt Pittman. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, I, I like to look up his stuff too. But you know, mine turned out well, and you know, just from like I said, I, I talked to him and talked to you know the guy who owned my smoker before I did, and everything turned out pretty well when I started that way. Yeah, and especially if you have a new cooker, like if you're getting a Weber Smoky Mountain or you're getting a stick burner, something that's metal that has never been cooked on. You want your first couple cooks to be pork butt because that reflective coating on the brand new reflective coating on a smoker is going to make everything hotter than it should be. So the more pork butts you cook, the more fatty meats, you know, bacon, pork butts, whatever, build up that that layer of I'm going to call it patina on the inside of your smoker. Carcinogen. Carcinogen. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to help you regulate your temperatures uh, significantly. Uh, I do mine much differently. Uh, which is not right or wrong. Uh, when I I cover mine in Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> I did the Good same thing. Man. I love it. <laughs> and honestly, God, I think I think the best uh, of those sauces is the uh, W sauce, which is uh, Baron Brunton. Uh, Bear, uh, I can't think of his last name, but the fishing guide out of Florida. Awesome dude. Big burly dude with the big beard uh, there's a big long story to go with that Worcestershire sauce but it's fantastic so I cover it in Worcestershire sauce and uh, I have salted it at least 16 hours beforehand with a ton of salt on a on a rack in my fridge let that permeate the whole way through cover it in Worcestershire sauce and then I just do black pepper so isn't salt the only thing that actually will permeate through the meat? I love you so much right now. Yes. He it learned is, that on the rib episode. That's right. I it, remember that from the rib episode. It is yeah. the only molecule of seasoning that is small enough to penetrate through the meat proteins. Hmm. So, Correct. So you would consider that a dry brine? Correct. Yes. yes, dry brine. Now, at what point, because you're going to dry it too if you salt it, Yep. How, how far out can you, like, lead way? Uh, the longest I've done is 48 hours, and it's it hasn't been an issue, but I won't go any longer than that. So with salt, though, one thing to think about is initially it pulls the, the liquid out, but at some point, at some point it pulls it back in. Yep. Correct, yeah. So there's going to be a time yeah. point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Correct. Time That's point why on? the 16 hours, I'm sure it starts to pull that moisture yep. back in. Okay, it, just it, for a, another quick thing. Like, some people will cook, like, a like a ham and nothing, like, a whole, like, salt, like, all around the whole ham, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, a brick of salt. Yep. And it's the juiciest, and it's not salty at all. Is that almost the same idea? Well, those are usually done hot and fast. Okay. So there's not a lot, there's not enough time for all that salt to penetrate to the middle. Okay. Uh, The other thing I do, because salt will not penetrate fat. Nothing will penetrate fat. And half of the pork butt is covered in fat. So I cut that top false fat cap off. So there's, there's two fat cats on a pork, two fat caps on your average pork butt. So cut that first one off and you're going to see like a little bit of meat. It's like a sliver of meat. That's pretend. Keep cutting. Save that for making sausages or give to your dog. I save it for making sausages. And then I cut the next fat back down. I only have maybe an eighth of an inch of fat on my pork butt when I cut it, when I smoke it. Because nobody wants to take a big bite of fat. 
and that and that back fat doesn't generally render. Some of it will, but in in the amount of time you're going to cook a pork butt, ten to twelve hours, that entire fat cap is not going to render. So I trim it down and expose some meat so I can get the salt on that half as well. Just I, I skipped a big part of mine. I score it. Oh yeah, right on. That'll so do, I don't cut do it, it off, but I yeah I score it so. It'll, so it, just, it melts down. Yeah, melts down towards crispy, beautiful fat Get to the pieces. Goddamn microphone. Sorry, I pulled away. So uh, I'm getting flies all wet. So yeah. I so Can't I just I cover it in pepper, paprika, and garlic powder, and I use more pepper than anything because I want the best thing to make bark is pepper. Sure. Uh, and I and I want. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay just spilled a beer, and he's cleaning it up with a paint roller. <laughs> so, so I do. I go about two fifty. Okay. I've, I've cooked pork butts at three hundred, and they turn out exactly the same as they do at two twenty five. Okay, because uh, because it's such a fatty piece of meat, it it doesn't matter. I mean, I wouldn't go over three and a quarter, really. But I mean, there are competition brisket guys that are cooking briskets at 400 degrees, sure, and they're winning. But so you can cook your pork butt anywhere from 225 to 300. I cook at 225. I don't wrap it. I cook it over uh, like a like one of those throwaway turkey pans. Okay. Underneath that turkey pan, I will cut six onions, put those onions underneath there, and then I will put a couple carrots in there. And I cook the pork butt over that, so all the drippings drop into that pan. And I cook it to 205. Unless at like 200, it's super tender, and that bone just falls right out. I just keep checking it about 200 degrees to see how tender it is. And when it, when it reaches my tenderness, I pull it out. Uh, I will wrap it at that point in peach, in peach paper, only so when I put it in my cooler that's been pre-warmed. It'll, it won't go everywhere. It won't be a super mess. And then I take those onions and the carrots and the pork drippings, and I put it in a blender, and I blend it all up to make, and it makes like a almost like a thick gravy. I do the same thing with my Thanksgiving turkey, too, to make the gravy. And then You like that man gravy. Got to have the man gravy. I don't like where this went. <laughs> oh, that was the that was the straw. Okay, okay, you fucking dick. Jeez, all the left turns we taken tonight. And that's the one. That's the straw that fucking breaks the camel's back. What an asshole. Well, uh, so I take that gravy, <laughs> and when I pull my pulled pork, I pour it back into that. Okay. So, uh, like, I'll, I like to rest it for like three hours, so it's down below 140 degrees, and I've had that gravy on the stovetop, cooking down, so it's like 200 degrees. I pour that back into the pork; it warms it back up. It doesn't overwhelm the pork at all. It just really reinvigorates it and give it gives it an extra flavor profile, because I know like the salt and the garlic and everything I put on it in the beginning. It's just there for bark. You're not going to get a whole lot of flavor out of it. So if I want those flavors in the pork, I take that gravy and I put it in when I pull it. And nobody asks for barbecue sauce. Nobody asks for butter. It's it's fantastic. It's more like you're just building your sauce with from within the pork itself. Exactly. I'm I'm using the the smoked onions, the smoked carrots, and the drippings, 
And if and if there's not a lot of drippings, I'll add some chicken stock, some chicken bone broth, and it's it's really good, really good. But really, if you're gonna if you want to experiment with rubs and how to cook, the pork butt is the one to do it because it's so forgiving. You can't screw it up. You can overcook it, but even if you do, just drop a couple pats of butter in there, and your pork butt's like brand new. It's Pads of butter, barbecue sauce, and you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Liquid. Yep. So I'm a, I'm a fan of a good North Carolina barbecue sauce. I like a little bit of vinegar. You like the vinegar sauce? I huh? do. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a vinegar sauce kind of guy, especially with chicken, yeah. pork. Either which way, I I do. I like that. I don't know. It's just my kind of style. A little uh, apple cider vinegar and that kind of stuff. It's my kind of style. I uh, for Super Bowl, I found uh, I'm a big fan of Stubbs. The Smoky Mesquite is oh, my yeah. go-to for stubs. Um, so, but they have a jalapeno honey, and it's brand new. Ooh. And it was phenomenal. I have it in my fridge. So, after Super Bowl, I made ribs as well. I chopped up. Oh, my up. gosh. You know what? My, I had one regret from the Super Bowl. I didn't chop some ribs off of your ribs and take them home with me. But I chopped That was them. literally my one regret. I was like, man, I should have grabbed some ribs. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking the next day, I'm like, Dude, I could have just saved those till after 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 shooting on Tuesday. I could have definitely saved those and had some food when my wife doesn't cook me any food after I get drunk with all my friends after fucking shooting bows. I could have definitely used some of your ribs. I was thinking about them on the way home and I was salivating. Dude, they were so good, buddy. Yeah, those ribs turned out well. And I, I didn't did. wrap them and I don't think I'm going to wrap them again. I just, seven hours and I did around... 250 for this smoke because it was well i did 270 because it was cold but it averaged around 250 oh man seven hours with these ribs they turned out so good i learned something from your rib talk last time so when i asked you about spritzing and it becoming bitter the reason that my spritz became bitter is because i put the um the light brown sugar on top first and then i spritzed and it made it bitter you don't need sugar on top of sugar Right. And when when you said that, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Right on. I learned something last time. Uh, I'm glad. Because I got, I mean, r- half our rip talk got cut off due to audio issues. That oh, okay. Most likely my fault. But, you know. It was it. everybody's fault. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, pork butts are should be your gateway drug yeah. to, to barbecue. Especially especially uh and the first cooker i ever cooked on was that weber smoky mountain i bought a brand new one and they're cool they're like the three and a half foot tall they look like a bullet uh but they are shiny inside and you gotta get that creosote build up because your first couple cooks you can't cook below 275 i mean you can try all you want but you're not going to do it your fire will go out it just gets so hot on that burner because of the reflective heat I, I started on a, a gas-powered smoker that looked like a safe. Yeah. So it had the gas underneath. It made a big fire. And then you took wood chips and you soaked them in water for an hour. And then you took them and you put them inside of tinfoil. And you poked a bunch of holes in that tinfoil, set it in this little round thing. And then that fire underneath heated it up and smoked. That's how I started smoking. I still use one of those. Yeah, they, they work well. So when I have to make, so- I make I make a lot of sausages. 
So when I make my sausages and they call for a smoke, you smoke most sausages to 150, 160, depending on what it is. Uh, I use those box smokers because I can hang a, a line of sausages all from racks and, and I can I can smoke 30 pounds of sausage in that thing where I can't in my in my Primo, partially because I don't want them laying down. I don't want the grill marks at that point. You know, after, you know, my sausage, my sausages are multiple day offenses. <laughs> how, long, <laughs> how long do you make your sausages? <laughs> Come on, how man. Long, how long is it or how long do I tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you measuring from the asshole or not? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I still use smoke one Smoke sausage talk. No, no, this is great. No, I, I love it. You guys just keep rolling along. But that's already. Pork butt is not a complicated, complicated meat. It's it's delicious. It's easy to find. I mean, Costco sells them in two packs for twenty bucks, right? Every one of your local meat markets has them, because every one of your butchers around you, anybody that makes uh, venison sticks or anything like that, they're buying pork butts and they're buying them locally. So everywhere you go, is going to have. Uh, a pork butt for you. Bone in, yeah, bone well, in, I mean, you're fine. Yeah, go to a local butcher if you have one. Yeah, absolutely. If you can, if you can, if you can support your local butcher, we always support Palumbos here. Usually Shane does a plum. I, I go to Palumbos. They're just, you know, f- uh, friends of the family to us and stuff like that. So we'll go there for our stuff. And I mean, it's just, you know, a local place. It's a Middlesex. So yeah, I, I, they butcher their own meat. Yeah, they, they have their butcher. They have a slaughterhouse right next to the you know, where they sell the meat now, so nice. you know, it's all right there. I, I, I support my local butcher. Yeah. Down, down the road. Just, yeah. Well, one time. Yeah, oh, we're, yeah. It's the greatest <laughs> place in the world. I would support there, too, if I lived a little closer. One Wonderful. time at Palumbo's, I ordered six baby back ribs, and he hand, the owner handed them to me, and he's like, I don't think you can get ribs fresher. These were slaughtered yesterday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, right it's on. right there. Yeah, his kid does and it all. And they were phenomenal. They nice were thing with so pork thick. butts, too. Like, for like, if I'm tying, like, all day, my wife will have ones. That you can put them in a cast iron crock, and you can do them right in the oven. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you don't have time. So, here's some more smoke nerdery. Yeah, keep so, it going. So, the colder the meat, the more smoke it's going to absorb. So, if you can put your meat on at 33 degrees... <laughs> It's going to. <laughs> you about blew another beer on the table. Jay, you're I, killing whoa, me, whoa, dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mark was the one who said something. All I did was be silent about my spilling beer through my nose, okay? <laughs> With your meat talk. So the, the colder you can put your meat on the fire, the better off you are because it's going to absorb more smoke. So 33 degrees, but it will only absorb smoke for at max about three hours. At that point, your meat stops absorbing smoke. So you can, if you don't have the time, you can transition it to an oven. So if you've got some crappy weather or you got to go somewhere, move it to your oven. And at that point, you can cook it at 300 degrees and speed it along. Because no matter what you cook, whether it's brisket, whether it's ribs, whether it's pork butt, whether it's sausage, it's only absorbing smoke for the first couple hours. After that, you've built that bark, and it, it just can't do it anymore, and it will not absorb any more smoke. So cold, wet meat absorbs the most smoke, and it's still only for a couple hours. 
So I'm wasting my time letting mine rest out for an hour. Well, I'm just curious. I, I usually put it on the counter, season it, and then I like to rest it for an hour because I like to get it the outside a little bit close to room temperature because I've always been taught that. Because it cooks that, faster. Uh, yeah, yeah. A room temperature yep, and that's, piece of meat cooks more evenly than something that's, you know, I borderline ice cold sure and for smaller cuts of meat like for a steak or a pork chop yes get it to room temperature because then you can just get right to searing and and you can get a better crust that way because it the the waters come out a little bit you can pat it dry and you can get a good crust but a big piece of meat you want to put on as cold as you can but not frozen because cold and wet it's how you get your smoke. How you get your smoke ring, how you get your smoke flavor. So a big piece of meat, you do not have to let sit out at room temperature. You know, when I put my when I put my Worcestershire sour sauce on <laughs> and then all my seasonings, I will put it back in the fridge to let it set up so that it's so that it's as cold as it can be. So when I put it on the fire, it's cold and I spritz it the second I put it on cuz that water absorbs the smoke. And the coldness keeps the smoke coming in. But even then, it's only just a couple hours. So you could take it from your smoker. Or if you're adding if you're adding wood to a charcoal fire, stop. You don't need it after a couple hours. So I, I'll put chunks of wood on. I don't use wood chips because they, they go too fast. Sure. So I use chunks of wood. Uh, and I stagger them through the charcoal so that they'll be on fire for like three hours. And then I'll never add another chunk of wood because it doesn't matter. I have to add my cherry. I yeah. like I like cherry I like cherry wood on pork. I like, but I generally always use pecan, almost always. I have a pile of cherry sitting over there, right on. And I, you know, that giant fucking thing out front. So, yeah, it's just simple for me to throw yeah. some cherry on there, and that's what I have. It's either that or oak, which is uh, not terrible, but and. Cherry as long wood, as it's good clean wood, I feel like it's not going to be terrible smoke. I think cherry gives the best color of any wood. So if I had my druthers when I'm cooking a sausage, like a beef sausage, and I need to smoke that sausage and I want that reddish color, I'll use cherry wood. But generally, it's a long smoke. It's always pecan. If I'm doing something short and fast, like if I have big two-inch steaks, I will, I will use mesquite. Because mesquite's the strongest mesquite of all of them. Mesquite and hickory are two yep. of the strongest, yeah. And that way a steak will absorb some of it while it's reverse searing. So for yeah, very yeah. short time. Yep, we'll talk we'll talk steak some other time. Sure. But yeah. So you guys so, uh so pecan. Did you guys get your get your rocks off on that on we're, that talk? Yeah, Not as got, much as you did, pumpkin. We gotta keep <laughs> I this saw up, you though. giggle more. Well, did you say funny things, man? I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for a that's what she said joke. Um, well, you, that was plenty of them. So, yeah, uh, we're going to do some local events. So, um, Musky Max, Mark, tell us about Mus- Mus- little Musky Max. March 4th, 5th, Princecape Arena in Cannonsburg. Uh, I think it's 9 to 5 on Saturday. I don't know exactly what Sunday's day time is. But massive selection of flies. Yeah, I'll be there Saturday for sure. I will be there Sunday. I think Raz is coming with you for both days. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a podcast after or not. 
And it's next week? Two weeks. You said two, two weeks, weeks from now. Okay. Two weeks from now. Yep. Uh, and really, most of the flies that don't get sold, I'm probably going to buy. Well, <laughs> one <laughs> of those, jeez. I, I, uh, Especially I'm, those. These. So, Mark? Mark, tell us about the poppers. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's what, probably a 10-inch popper. Double mm-hmm. blockhead. Should use a shank up front. A little shopping feather. Beautiful. A little fox right behind the blockhead. Most importantly, what color is it, Mark? Your little cotton candy. That pink, one is definitely pink and blue. Mm-hmm. Bubblegum, cotton candy. I don't know if you want to call it. Yeah, I have poppers. Bubble, there. That one's bubble. Those everything. are bubblegum. Cotton candy bubble has candy? a little. Oh, no. No, cotton candy. No, yeah, because cotton candy doesn't have any yellow in it. That's cotton candy. Yeah, that's cotton candy. One of my favorite uh, stories about Mark is the guy I work with uh, a couple years ago handed me some musky flies. Like, I was just getting into it. And he's like, hey, why don't you take these? He's like, I'm never going to use them. I went to a show once and I bought these. And I said, oh, cool. Who'd you buy them from? And he's like, I don't know. Probably some guy in Wisconsin. I I don't remember. And I said, okay, cool. And he's like, I think it was that nightmare guy. And I went, all right, whatever. I'll throw them. So Mark and I get to fishing. It's like our third time fishing. And I and I open up my box and he's like, holy shit, what are those? And I was like, oh, a guy gave them to me. I think they came from Tony. And he goes, no, those are my flies. He's like, that was my cabin cabin fever yeah, fly, cabin fever. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, that was it. That's right, Buzz. Uh, yeah, that color actually works. Yeah. I was at that cabin fever for sure. Nice. Yeah. With you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were together. Mark yeah. or Chad, you and I. Set up, uh, I was set up with Joel. Yeah. Speaking of cabin fever, it's That's next weekend. Next week, yeah. Next Sunday. So, are we in, you get, yeah, cabin fever, uh, the 26th, right? Speaking of Kelly Gallup, we were, Kelly though. Gallup will be there, and he will be at the International Angler on the 25th. Uh, if I'm sure the tickets are sold out, but if if they're not... I don't try I to get like try to fit in that little place. And if you could be in that little, uh, I probably won't be there. It's my wife's birthday. I thought I was going to be able to pull it off. Probably not going to be able to pull it off. But that's a bold decision, Cotton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, if I, I don't want to get shanked, I'm probably not going to make that one. But I would love to. But if you could fit in that little place and see that guy tie. I mean, geez, what an opportunity! He's a so. good time too, regardless. Oh, oh he'll, geez, be, he'll be he's chatting a up a storm, time. no doubt. Oh, he'll yeah, be having the best time. So, long story short, at cabin fever, Joel's feathers have made their way down along the line. There's going to be a booth set up called Blue Collar Hackle. That is essentially now where Joel's. I think Joel's actually going to be there. So oh, nice! If you're looking for feathers, there's going to be a setup. He's going to have a lot of stuff. Oh, well, you know, if you can go get any of that, you probably should. So that will be a good place to be. That cabin favor on the 26th. And where's that at, Mark? Do you know the venue? No, I don't know. I think it's in Cranberry. Just is it maybe the Marriott and Cranberry or something? It's in Cranberry, though. I don't know where it's at. Look it up. I mean, if you know, we all have the Googleators, but that is cabin fever. It's on the 26th of February. Yeah, Check I it get- out. Kelly Gap will be there. That's that's gonna be a a good one to go see, um, you know I I saw another thing and and I and I was on the internet the other day just dicking around, and uh, you know if you're if you're a beginner at fly fishing, and you don't have a crew like us like you know, 
the everybody gets to meet guys and gets to pull you into, you know, this what we do and you don't have a group of people to it's at the Double Tree in Hilton. Uh 910 Sheridan Avenue. This is where That's the uh, this fever. is the cabin fever on the 26th. You didn't even like. He stop. just. I know. He just threw. He just threw this in front of me. It's it, dog. So, right, Double so Tree, Hilton, cabin fever. But you know, I was I was online and I was looking up just local events. There's a couple local events up in. Um, I don't know the dates. Go on Google and look them up because that's what I did and it was easy enough. And I just did this for the general fact that. You can look up local events and, you know, get some introduction to fly fishing. There's yeah. a couple in Erie. There's one in Kane, Pennsylvania, you know, which is a little dry for us. But the Erie one would be doable for somebody in our area. And if you're in a m- central Pennsylvania, Kane's a great area. It's not too far off from anybody in central Pennsylvania to drive up there. And it's like four-day events with good tires and good people that can, you know, show you the ropes of general fly tying and generally just getting into fly fishing you know it's that's it's it's a hard it's it's sometimes that can be an a hard undertaking just to pick up a fly rod and be like well i'm just gonna fly fish <laughs> you know that's just uh, people just don't do that shit unless you were introduced into it when you were a young kid and you got to practice and you did these things like we all did or somebody introduced and took you under their wing and 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 helped you along the way it it's not an easy thing to just undertake right and there there is uh there's actually one in franklin the keystone fly fishers i probably know some of those guys but i don't know them as a group but they do like a basic trout tying night every week and and i'm i'm guessing that franklin pennsylvania is not the only place that does that yeah so so if you're interested just get out there, look it up, research it. Uh, it won't take you more than two minutes, uh, and and you can get in. You know, you can you can get started, and then you can figure out, hey, I love fishing for trout, or I want to fish for smallmouth, or I want to fish for muskie, or hey, bluegill are awesome. Bluegill mm-hmm. on a two weight are the <laughs> probably some of the most fun you'll ever have in your life. So if that's where you want to go, go that route. But get hooked up in one of these local. TU clubs, or I know there's one over in St. Mary's and uh, Brookville. Mm-hmm. There's tons of This them. is about the time of the year right now that all the chapters are having their banquets, too. Yep. And uh, if, if you're not into it at all, I know a lot of states are doing their stocking programs right now. Mm-hmm. You can sign up through your local fish commission, and you don't have to actually stock, but you can go talk to the guys, meet some people, Learn something about the trouts. I mean, there's there's all sorts of avenues where you can get out and, and figure out what you want to do and meet some people that are doing what you think you might love. Oh, the most fun I used to have when we were kids was we used to stock all the delayed harvest around here. With the, and, you know, you got to meet everybody. You get to meet all the local, you know, the authorities, which mm-hmm. were, you know, if you had your license, they're on your side. Right. You weren't doing anything wrong. They're on your side. And, you know, you were helping them. They were help. you know, and you were getting to stalk all these. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, gosh. You should see the one I just stalked. I just like the giant fish. And then you get to go with the fish later as a kid, you know, where you're doing this stuff. And, yeah. You know, just the, and they need extra bodies, you know, yeah. and it's it's great experience. It's a great way to get in, you know. And if just, you're new to it, it'll give you bodies of water. I sure. Mean, we, it will teach get, you where the fish are at. We get questions 
every week. I know each one of us. Where should I fish for this? Where should I fish for that? Uh, and we're not going to tell you. <laughs> we'll tell you. Don't do the work. Yeah. We'll like t- we did. <laughs> we'll tell you, like, maybe a general area, but, like, in, in our opinion, the best part of fishing is figuring out where and how to fish. And the uh, the last uh, of the our local events that are going on is we're having an FT3 in Franklin on April 22nd. And my man over here, Chris, is going to tell you more about it. Yep. Website goes live next week. We'll have tickets on sale. Uh, Mark has graciously donated some flies. And all the sales are going uh, 25% are going to come back to the nonprofit that I run for the betterment of my little city that is no longer manufacturing town but a tourist destination, which is good. Because, I mean, French Creek and the Allegheny meet right there. There's tons of it, – it's a fantastic fishery. And just a nice little town. There's nice places. Yeah, it really for, is. It's a nice little stretch. It has a nice little downtown stretch. Yep, good food, good bars. Uh, Plenty I, of places for your wife to shop while you hit the bar. Correct. And, you know, we're it's an all-day event. It's probably going to start middle mid-afternoon. At the brewery, we're going to shut down the street. The brewery is private for those of us who are ticket holders. Come in. There's going to be casting instructions. There's going to be tying instruction. There's going to be demos. We're going to have stuff for sale at a brewery. So one of the things for sale is beer. Uh, And then we're going to go over to the theater, which is right next door. Watch the F3T. We've got a really cool prize package this year from Yeti and Costa and Sims. And I'm working on getting extra sponsors to pitch in some more things for more raffles. Look Ma- at you, man. Mark's you are the man, dude. I try real hard. I want to have. A, I want everybody to have a good time, right? Like, if you're going to spend the money on a ticket, I want it to be awesome for you, especially if you're not from Franklin. If you're going to drive more than 20 minutes, I want it to be a kick-ass time. I can't wait. Oh, it's I, I can't wait either. I it's know. Be awesome. I have all our our crew and everybody who ever you know comes. All that stuff with me is gonna. We're gonna all gonna be there. Hopefully, we'll have a bunch of people all coming in from other areas, and I can't wait to shake hands and kiss babies and you know. Yeah, it'll be sweet. And hopefully, to get fly fishing. And I had it later in the year, so hopefully, it's a nice day, and we can be outside for a lot of it and just really enjoy uh, everything that we have to offer. Well, that will be awesome. Be a good time. I can't wait for that. Um, so now we can go off the rails. Um, super welcomes. Mm-hmm. We were all right. Derek was wrong, and it was Derek's team. Sorry, Derek, again for the second time tonight. But Shane, you want to talk? You, you look like all you want to. All I have to say is, we were robbed of a final two-minute drive, win or lose. I I just wanted to see that. I had no stake in the Super Bowl. I think you're wrong. I, I, mean, I looked. I looked at that play afterwards. It was a where, penalty, but but where was it called the rest of the game? I. Uh, That's all I'm saying. There was no consistency. It was you a know penalty. I, you know what I liked? I liked that. Kansas, it was ticky tack. Yeah, that that, that it was. Uh, he did grab him on the inside <laughs> when he went back outside, and that play and that motion of those players all game gave the Eagles fits, sure. and that was exactly what the Eagles had done to every team they played all year was this gimmicky-ass shit and move movement-ass stuff. They did. They did this all year. They did it to Dallas, and I watched them do it to Dallas when they when Dallas didn't have Dak in there early in the season. And it was all this gimmicky movement that was just 
beating up on on a decent defense at Dallas House. And I oh man, it was just like it was it was Kansas City watching them and saying, "Oh, we're going to show you what we have that you, you know, the same things. We have we have fast players. We have very very fast players who can play and we have a better quarterback than you have." Which I would have loved to have seen the two I I'm with you on seeing the two minute yeah, drive for him. I don't care him. who wins. Shut you know what? Down. At the end of the day, it can, in my opinion, it, it was holding though. There was holding. I agree. There was but a, it there was wasn't a jersey grab. The rest of the game. I'm just, but there was a jersey. But it, it, they let him play it, until the last right. two minutes. It the is. same as the year before, they let him play until the last two minutes, and then there was a phantom holding call in the Bengals. This year, it was legit, but still, they didn't call it the rest of the game. Yeah, that game the, for the Eagles. I mean, I again, I wanted. To Chiefs to win. I don't know. That was kind of. I don't like seeing games ended that way, but that game came down to the fact that the Chiefs did not run the ball with a running back. You needed to slow that football game down and not make it a track beat. Well, Hurts ran the ball well. The the Eagles, but just, for the most the part, Eagles ran, they needed they, to. That, that game should not have went the track meet that it did. They needed to try. Well, to the Eagles that. had hurt as we all thought. Well, regardless yeah. of if you gave them that much time he to come back well. and they. I called that. He played well. <clears throat> he well. He he's he, the best in the game, and he played well. He's the best in the game for now, and he sure, played and he, and he and he played very very well. As he we played speak fantastic. right now, he's he the did. best in the game. Oh yes, Re- yes. Regardless, it might not I be s- next year, but this year he was the best. No, the this year he is the best. I sent Mark a meme today. Uh, if you listen to Patrick Mahomes talk, and then you listen to Kenny Powers talk, they're the same. <laughs> They're the same person, and it's hilarious. Kenny Powers is phenomenal. Sorry, but Kenny Powers is fantastic. Absolutely, every episode. Oh, sure, of that. sure, sure. Yeah, that was <laughs> eastbound and down. Oh man, but it, I mean, you know, they're identical. I like their coach because he's like you guys. He got asked about going to, um, you know, uh, they're going to Germany next year to play a football game. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to Germany. He's like, I cannot wait to get a real bratwurst. <laughs> and he's like, he's like you guys. He he embraces being and I'm gonna use this word lightly because I don't want to get killed. Overweight. <laughs> you guys, chubby. You guys are both overweight. <laughs> you guys are both fluffy and you like food. <laughs> so if you were going there, you would say the same thing. He talks about eating cheeseburgers all the time and loving cheeseburgers and. I just I like Andy Reid for that. He embraces being a fat guy that's overweight. What 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 do we mean to fucking say, lady? I I'm I'm overweight. I'm I'm I want the cheeseburgers. Okay. How about Bradshaw? I'm, I'm, worried, about, I'm worried about I'm worried about I'm worried about scoring touchdowns and it eating was... cheeseburgers, lady. And I love that about him. I think I think he's a great coach. And I think I'm really happy that Mahomes is better than the last guy he had that he thought was going to be great, which was Donovan McNabb. And this guy is the real deal. And yes. McNabb was not. This will be McNabb like this great, year coming not, up. Not he, he he didn't. He was. He's more like a Dak Prescott. He's throwing up before the game. Exactly. Mahomes is. Mahomes is doesn't give a shit before the game. This, he knows he's going to kick ass. This next he year, is who he is. this next year will be a big one for him because he's losing. Yeah, um, but the enemy or what's? But what, I don't passes. even think it matters, dude. That's what that's what I say. It's gonna be big to see. Is it if it makes a difference or not? It's not. My one small mm-hmm. comment. Take, take take his best wide receiver away from him. What's he do? Still looks pretty goddamn good. Tampa Bay. They took Geno Smith's quarterback coach in Seattle and made him their offensive coordinator. I think that's a hell of a move. 
That's all I'm saying there. We'll see what happens. He's he's a, he's a Tampa Bay fan. I'm a Tampa Bay fan. That's my main team. Who's their quarterback going to be? Who the hell knows? I'm okay with that because I like Tom Brady. He won us a Super Bowl. He's, he's the gone. best ever. He's the GOAT. Are you a Tampa Bay guy? I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, you said us, and I was like. Sorry. Yeah, he's Sorry. a Tampa yeah, Bay I, guy. I, I, I hate using those terms, but I got to. I was a Mike Allstott fan in the 90s, and he was nice. my favorite player I ever. I loved Mike Allstott. I, my, my Tampa Bay jersey <laughs> at home is a number 40 jersey. Yeah, Mike Allstott. Best fullback I've ever seen. I loved watching him just barrel through. No, slash, slash running back. He was a running back. Yeah, that he play, really was. That could run everybody over. Yeah. He was and like he, Der- he was ball. he was like Derrick Henry now though. Yeah, like yes. if they would have used him enough. Yes. If if you think back to the Super Bowl or not the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, he won a Super Bowl in no, 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 2002. No, 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 not him. But the uh yeah, when, he won a Super Bowl. When Jerome Bettis barreled over Brian Urlacher. He's he's oh, a yeah, Steelers yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I have that picture in 2006. my 2006. I have that picture in my office cuz I love it. That's what Mike Allstott did every play. Oh, sure. He was so awesome to watch. Yeah. So as a Tampa Bay fan, I like that they brought in Geno Smith's quarterback coach as an offensive coordinator because the guy knows quarterbacks. Well, Dallas lost everybody to the Chargers, and it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna solve every po- problem for the best quarterback in the league, right, Shane? Justin Herbert, your guy. He's he's great. the best quarterback in the league, right? Their head. I mean, coaches. he's better than Joe Burrow, right? Who? Justin Herbert. No. He's yeah. he's pretty good. He's great. His head he coach is going to lead good. to another playoff loss for San Diego. One hundred percent. I would have not he called it first. First round and done. Maybe second round and done at best. Hundred percent. I don't think it was a you know now now uh, Dallas. I'm a Dallas guy, so now Dallas is going to have uh oh their head coach. Yeah, calling yeah. calling the place. Yeah, this yeah, is going to be this is going to be great. Yeah, the McCarthy offense. Well, it did lead to one Super Bowl against the Steelers, but. And that was a good defense that year. And we they had a good defense that year. They had uh, the offense was and and the offense was good. They had they had Aaron Rodgers, but the defense was as good as the offense that yeah. year that he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. As far as McCarthy goes, mm-hmm. you know, and then he got shit canned because you know you can't win. And I think it's more a Rodgers thing than anything. Yeah, and Rodgers is really going off the deep end. Where's he gonna? End he up? is. He's going into a black hole is to figure out where the fuck he's going with his future. Is he like, a Jet? Is he a Raider? Isn't Who that the where, hell knows? Isn't that where every Green Bay quarterback ends up? Because it Jets? sounds like. Yeah, I think so. And then you know what? Next thing you know, he's sending dick pics to some lady, what? and shit goes fucking nowhere. And then he's in Minnesota and throwing fucking uh, Minnesota. Justin was Jefferson. First. He went to. Did he go to Jets? No, he didn't go to Minnesota. There's no way. He went to the Jets and Minnesota. Favre went to the Jets last. He went to Minnesota. Was it Minnesota first? first? Who would have traded fucking Favre to Minnesota? What a fucking bunch of idiots. Because you went to Minnesota and sucked. No, they went to the the NFC Championship. They were fucking awesome. Dude, I can't keep up with your volume They beat the Saints. Sorry, I'm I'm going nuts. (laughs) I'm going nuts. I'm losing it. I'm going out of the range. It sounds like the Jets are going to take Derek Carr for a two-year, $60 million deal. You know, Derek Carr killed it at the Pro Bowl. And yeah, but he sucks <laughs> no, in live action. No, and they're going to be in. If they have Derek Carr, they will be in the playoffs next year. The Jets have a formidable defense. And, and, Sauce Gardner is legit. And a great running back who's going to come 
back and, off and of a, injury. And a phenomenal coach. Yes. And Saul a coach. is a great yes. coach. I, I, I think. And I like that he just, he thinks he's going to win every game, and I like that in a coach. Gosh darn right. Yeah, if they take Carr, that I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't make him a Super Bowl contender, but I would make him a playoff no, but, for but sure. Derek uh-huh. Carr is a lot AFC's. better than people oh, give him credit for. And you know what? And, but he's never had a – he's still never really had a team under in Oakland or Las Vegas. He's had okay he's teams. He's had some players. He's never had he's a never good had coach. A team. If I was a quarterback he's, in this league – No coach. Uh, or GM. Or, I, yeah, just yeah. no coaches. He had no coach. He had this jackass who – doesn't do anything better than being Belichick's fucking, you know. If I was a quarterback in this league, I would want to play in the NFC because the AFC is stacked. All right, I got, I got, I got just a couple stories before we get off here. Everybody's gonna laugh at. Do you guys know what kinetic sand is? Yeah, my kid plays with that shit all the time. Yeah, so I don't for, for those who don't know. It's sand that will hold a shape for a certain amount of time and then just kind of, kind of, blah. It's, <laughs> it's like a combination between Play Doh and sand. It's right? like electrons. Like it has, yeah, some it'll kind of pick itself back it. up. Yeah. Like, but again, and it'll hold these, these, you know, and when you, when you have a nine year old, you can start really, you know, man, trying to manipulate that stuff because she could work quickly and you could work quickly and you can make things. So, we were making things out of this kinetic sand, you know, and I basically dev- devoted this whole weekend, other than a little bit of time to this, to my family and to hanging out with my daughter and doing stuff she wants to do. So we were chilling, playing the kinetic sand, and boy, don't I stuff this kinetic sand back into a cup we have and push down on it with some force so air releases out. And now, a little piece of kinetic sand, a little chunk of kinetic sand, you will say, flies into my eyeball. How'd that make you feel? Oh, oh, like a fish out of water. So I'm flopping around my daughter's room like I'm a fish out of water. And my daughter's doing everything but CPR to try to keep me alive. And I'm like, it's in my eye! Not Come on, leave me alone. Stop pumping on my chest. Um, I'm not dying. But... Again, she, you know, she's pulling my eye, and I'm crying like a little girl that has kinetic sand in her eye. And uh, so, so vote just, just, uh, just saying to any any adult out there who's playing with kinetic sand, put goggles on. <laughs> goggles. <laughs> this stuff is dangerous. <laughs> it's not to be inhaled. It's I not to be played with. I did, and I pulled kinetic sand out of my <laughs> eye for a day. Is the- it time to build an eye wash? In your daughter's bedroom? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, my wife said, why don't you just wash it's it out? Flush with station in the yeah. corner yeah. of Riley's room. Yeah. OSHA approved yes, flush like, station. Yes. Like we have at work? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I need one of those in my daughter's room now for kinetic sand because this guy apparently can't play with it without putting it in his eyeball. Again, my wife always tells me she's like a 15-year-old and 9-year-old. I don't know why, but apparently this 15-year-old isn't ready for kinetic sand. Luckily, my kid's into Legos. Uh, those are really hard to shoot into your eye. Oh, we're into Legos too. <laughs> yeah, we we well we spent the next after I shot that shit in my eye, we spent the next three hours playing uh Phrasing? Are we still doing phrasing? Well uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I well when I pushed it down it shot up into my eye. Yeah, it didn't help. 
Okay. <laughs> well, that happened, so it was terrible. It shot out of the cup into my eye. It was the worst thing ever. It was the worst thing ever. Oh, uh, but I'm glad you're okay now. Yes, uh, the only other cool thing I, and if you guys get, you can talk about your lives. We talked a little about your life earlier about going to, you know, stupid places before fun places. Um, But uh, we had a daddy-daughter dance. Ooh, how was that? And you know what? I saw you all and pimped it was out a, for it that. It was a masquerade ball, and I will definitely get all pimped out. And uh, for my daughter's sake, I'll do anything. You know? Amen. And uh, boy, you know, you, you get there, and you really, you really, eh, there's a lot of girls screaming, and it's a lot of girls running around, and it's a lot of silliness, and it's a lot of stupid, but... You know, you get those couple seconds, you get those couple dances with your daughter, and boy, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm tearing up now. But you know, it's just you get you get those moments in your life, and boy, you yeah. know, you won't get to live those for a lot of those. And I get one more year, and this year it really meant a little more than you know, it just meant so much. It it, it really did. Those moments I was looking down at her, boy, did it mean a lot, and it was a lot of fun. And I I I won't, you know, those moments in life. You know, everybody, if you have them, look forward to them. They, they, they come and they go quickly. So, you know, our kids, Mark's kid, he's going to her, and she's home by herself. She's 14 years old now. I mean, you know, this but is all going. she's got a babysitter. No need to call anybody. <laughs> no, she's more, she's a all. babysitter. Mark she just wants a baby. to be there for her. She's babysit herself at she's 14, at 15 years old. Jeez, you babysit yourself. You can babysit other kids at that age. I'm just making sure he stays out of legal trouble. No, no, that age, no, that age you're legally <laughs> able to babysit. <laughs> no, you'd be, you're actually, you're actually <laughs> able to babysit other kids. At the, she's old enough to do anything, so. I don't know that. I'm just looking out for my boy. No, yeah, no, it, at 12 years old, 12, 12, 12 years 12. old, you're actually able to babysit other children. She's 14. She's at home by herself, so. Right on. And Mark's on his way there. See you, yeah. boys. My, hey, see you guys. See you, brother. Yeah, my, my son had uh, bring a guest to lunch day uh, a couple weeks ago. And he chose me to be his guest. And it was, I mean, he's in kindergarten, right? So I got to meet all his little friends and all these kids he comes home talking about. And it was really, really cool. However, one of the kids' dads didn't show up, right? So I'm sitting across from this kid, which is one of my son's best friends. So I ripped my sandwich in half and I'm like, here you go, buddy. And we're talking, and I'm like, why don't you come over here and sit on our side, and you can hang out with us. And So, long story short, this dad uh, has three kids in the school, and they staggered these times, right? Oh, okay. So he only gets an hour for lunch, but it's an hour and a half of his kids going down there for lunch. So he showed up like 20 minutes late because he has the staggered lunches. So this dad comes in, and this kid, it's the best reaction I've ever seen. You know, jumps up, and he runs. He's like, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And he comes over, and the guy comes over, and he's like, Hey, man, thanks for hanging out with my kid. And I'm like, Oh, buddy, I'd, I'd do it for any kid. But thanks for showing up. Like, it's yeah, it's cool. I, I get it. Like, you only get an hour. Awesome. But it was, it was an awesome experience. I got to meet my kid's friends, and, like, they sat there. 
they've all got these crumpled up Pokemon cards they pull out of their jacket. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. They, and they don't know shit about Pokemon cards. Oh, my daughter has the I Pokemons. don't either. My son's a big in the Pokemon now. But they're all... Yeah. And he's like... Still huge. He's like, that one's got power, and that one doesn't. I'm oh, like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad so, you guys so have I got lucky like. with the Pokemon. My my brother is ten years younger than me, and he's first generation Pokemon. And when I was younger with him, I would play uh, Pokemon Arena Battle on Nintendo sixty four with him. So I learned a lot. So I can nice. interact with my son about it, and I I love it. I don't know um, anything, but my daughter for a nine year old, she's a girl, nine year old girl. She has a stack of them. She's like, how? Look at this one, Dad. Look at these ones. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I played Magic in high school. Magic okay. the Gathering. Okay. I sold my Magic cards and bought a truck. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Big oh, money. no, yeah. And, and now, looking back with the cards I had, because I started right when it started. I could have bought a house. If you kept them, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I know I had cards. That are worth over two hundred thousand dollars today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm happy my kid likes something, and I got to hang out with him and see his friends and meet his friends. And really, I was just happy that he chose me as his guest. Right? Like that's oh, that's that's the best best yeah, that's the, the best feeling in the world. 100%. You know, when my daughter looked at me, she said, "Dad, you're the best daddy ever." And it's like, oh, thank you so much for saying that. I, you're the best daughter ever. I love you. We're gonna go fishing here soon. As soon as the weather sticks up, we're getting you a pair of waders. And you know, those are the best things in life. Those are the things you look forward to in life. You so know, I've been watching a lot of bone fin or bow fin videos. Oh yeah, well that's what you look forward to in life. We're going the summer. Oh, both in. Yeah, you oh, and me. Oh, yes, both inning. Yes. Yeah, I'll get you some cinder blocks that you can keep in the back of your boat for when I'm in the front of the boat. Yeah, <laughs> you too. Hey, his boat fit me, and I caught a I caught a real nice bowfin. Nice, yeah. big one. Yeah, I've, I've been there a couple times. I have never landed one. So uh, Shane was looking at me and and you and yesing up and down so hard yeah. for the bowfinning. <laughs> uh, I tied I tied oh, a, yeah. I tied a fly that is going to catch us bowfin. This is specifically for the bowfin. Uh, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, it's it's and it'll it'll catch anything. They I mean, chase top water, right? That's a killer. Oh, they catch fly. they oh, it's it's a smallmouth slash hybrid slash it's probably more a hybrid slash bowfin fly cuz that's kind of my style, but um yeah. No, it's it's a it's a basically reverse style, almost like kind of a bulkhead. That's sort of a little bulkhead style fly. It's not as Nice as everybody else's, but it looks good and it's going to catch right. a lot of fish. It's great. It's got a good shank on it. Nice tail. Uh, as long as that hook is sharp AF, I think it'll, it is. I think it'll it's a four. It's a four odd. Four um, It's stinger. not going to bend out. Yeah. No, it's a four odd stinger Airx. The 320? Yeah. Nice. That's a good it's hook. It's a thick one because the, the bowfin are very, uh, they're harsh on hooks. So you got to have a heavy one for them. And that's probably what I'll use it for. So Nice. Cool. But yeah. Both of them will be fun. Um, I think that's about it for this podcast. Mark's already left out on us, so I'm going to do our sponsors. Our sponsors are... This podcast has been brought to you by Sims Fishing. Simsfishing.com. Check out their new G4 waders. They're, they're awesome, and the boots look fantastic. Oh, yeah. They've got the orange highlights to them, and they've got interchangeable cleats. So the cleats are either aluminum or the carbide. And now they've got 
uh, rubber ones that you can screw in for when you get into a boat, which I is I huge. like that for my yeah, boat. Same here for my boat as well. Don't come into my boat with cleats. Airx hooks, airxhooks.com. Um, all of our stuff tied on Airx. We love it. Yeti built for the wild. They just and came out with the new Go boxes. They've got three new sizes. I've used that the right the previous style Go box for my boat box for since they originally came out. So I keep I've got a I've got a mirrorless camera that I keep in there. I keep my drone in there. I keep my GoPro in there. I keep a bottle of whiskey, binoculars, all Can my leader all, material. Like as every, long as the bottle of whiskey fits in there, that's all that matters, right? Always. And it's cold. I will take. I will take my flies out to make sure that the whiskey fits. <laughs> but it's the new ones are really sweet because they've got a carry handle, which makes a big deal. And Corton lines. Mark told you about the lines earlier. I'm about to buy a seven-weight line and probably a six-weight line here real quick, and I will be uh, reporting back on how great I think they are. Yeah, I'm about to get a 12-weight I-4. So Sweet. Yeah, so exciting. We will be definitely checking those out. And friends of the show. Friends of the show. We got Ryan Evans, uh, Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Schenk, Chippewa River Custom Rods, and our buddies over at Musky Fool. Thank you guys for being friends of the show. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I know uh, you're a lot of podcasts to choose from, but none of them are as good as ours. Toodles.